And welcome back, generic video game podcast listeners. It is now time for the E3 2016 highlights episode of GVGP. Once again, you're joined by me, Anthony, alongside the new and improved VR Molly Type S. I um. So I don't know if I've said it on the show or not before. I probably have. I think I probably said it last week. That's how bad my memory is. Um, but like, I can't handle VR in terms of it making me sick. And uh, I continually, so I'll go to meetings of people showing me VR games, and I'll tell them that, and they'll be like, "Oh, well, don't worry, because this this game doesn't make anybody sick, and they don't make me sick, um, inevitably." Uh, so yeah, like one of the was the second day or third day. Like, I started the day by playing a VR game for, like, five minutes, and, like, half the day I had a headache because No of kidding, huh? Yeah. That serious? Yep. Like, I just, something about it, like, I, I, I don't know if it's the screen close to my eyes or if it is the whole motion sickness thing or what it is, but I just can't handle it. Now, while I didn't have experience with this firsthand, neither present day nor in the past, really, did you play the Virtual Boy back in the day, and do you feel it, for you personally, it's as uh, problematic or challenging for your eyes? I played just a little bit of it, and I think that was fine, because there was real, there was no, um, there was no real movement to it. It was like you're looking at something, and you're staying stationary, the unit's staying stationary, it's just like things moving on screen. So I think that was that was okay for me. Um, I did try, and we'll I mean we'll talk about E three stuff. But I did try. Insomniac has a new third person action adventure game for VR. And I Spider Man. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, it was oh, I should I should know what it is. I'll, I'll look it up. But I played that, and because. That was almost no head movement, and it was a different kind of experience. Like, I did better at that. Mm. So I, I, I think it is just, like, it's the head tracking stuff that once your head actually has to start moving in as part of the game. Is it almost like a stomach churning, like uh, like a dizzy-type nauseous, pseudo-nauseous-type feeling? It's it's like, because I get, I get, if I haven't eaten, I get carsick very easy. Wow. Um, so it's it is kind of like a similar feeling that I know to when I get motion sickness on stuff, and mm. or or on a milder form, it's just like I have a big headache afterwards. How, not to harp on this, uh, not to make this sound all negative, but how do your colleagues feel with their experiences when uh, discussing VR with them? I think most are excited. I mean, excited or do, just like it's okay. Um, but I, I, but, I'm the only person in the office I know of that has had any actual like mm, physical problems with it. Mm. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because not to skip ahead and, and jump around, but I actually saw a thread today uh, just in regards to this aspect for Resident Evil 7 specifically. I played that on VR, and I didn't last too long. But that was a different case. I don't know if we're talking about it now. I guess we already are. But that was a different case because I think that game combined with the lower-resolution screens of the PSVR did not look great. Hmm. It was it was really... like I, I, 
I'm curious because I haven't tried the non-VR version of it yet, but it it's just seems like so low resolution and so like jaggy and stuff. Oh really? Yeah, and, like it that was a case of like man, like this PSVR is really cheap. Is what it made me feel like. Hmm. Which I mean, I've played stuff like Rigs and some other things on on PlayStation VR, and I didn't get that much of a feeling doing it. Whereas with this one, I like. I think it's because they're maybe they're pushing the the game so hard that they had to like lower the resolution or something. I don't know. Hmm. Well, and for those that don't know and are living under some sort of uh, rock, uh, I doubt everyone. Well, I'm sure every one of our listeners is well aware of this uh, demo, its debut, and all of that stuff. But this is pretty much a precursor or sequence that leads up to the main game of Resident Evil 7. Uh, it's all in first person, at least seemingly. Um, and it's, uh, it, you know, when it was first debuted during the E3 Sony presser, I thought it was either Kojima continuing on with a horror-based title, uh, or it looked like another Silent Hill. But it was rather shocking to see that it was Resident Evil 7. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I didn't... I I know I had seen stuff about Kitchen, which was Capcom's VR, scary VR thing. I think last year. Yeah, but I guess, from what I've been able to tell, they haven't actually shown footage of what Kitchen was. They've only shown footage of people playing it. Um, and so I didn't put the fact together that, like, Kitchen had anything to do with Capcom. So I feel like as soon as you see that and kind of see this, you're like, you know, is there any connection to Resident Evil? Even just a little bit? Um, it does feel very Silent Hilly, though, or, or PTE. Uh, but I hate it. I hate it a lot. <laughs> I really, really hate it. A lot. Um, okay, so I don't know where to start. I, I've read online that... Well, Capcom, I thought I read, was shocked at, like, in term, in a positive way, was overwhelmed at the response Resident Evil 7 has garnered, uh, you know, the amount of excitement. I don't know if that was just PR spin or bull crud, um, but I know your personal feelings because you and I, you know, I have the advantage of talking to you behind the scenes at times. But do you say that just because it's blasphemous in terms of it's not Resident Evil? On one end, you don't want to sound ungrateful where it's like people may complain, you know, Resident Evil hasn't had horror for years, even though many can make the claim that it's always been more action-oriented. Is is it that aspect of it's it's lost its Resident Evil flavor, or you don't like the controls, or um, all of the above? So, so I know people out there are very excited by this. Some mm-hmm. people are very excited by the idea of Resident Evil getting this whole kind of refresh. And... You could argue that we got that when Resident Evil 4 came along. Right. Um, not to this extreme, but that was a case, yes. And that kind of went in a very different direction than what the original series had been. But it still very much had like, the spirit and the attitude of like the series. Right. Um, I just like part of it is I have yet to play a first-person horror game that I've thought has been any good. Like, everyone I've played, I just thought was either mediocre to really bad. Even the PT demo? I have not played PT. Okay, oh, wait a minute, stop it. I have not played PT. How, how, well, first off, I don't know how we haven't had this discussion before. Why did you not play PT? Was it timing and you missed a demo, or what's the deal there? It was a case of... Um, PT obviously came out, like, during last E3... 
It might have even been before that, but don't quote me. It might have. I want to say it was two years ago. Okay, so but but it mean okay. But yes, you're probably right there. But it was during E3 when it came out. Uh, that sounds about right. No, because I mean, yeah, because they. Yeah, because it was shocking. I thought I even. Yes. I'm making this up. I tweet from you, like it was shocking. It was up on the store, and it was it was yeah. a secret. It showed up, and nobody knew it was actually Silent Hill. That's right. Until somebody finally beat it during a live stream and stuff. Um, so I didn't get to play it because of of being uh, at E3 and stuff. And then I was kind of upset that I'd had the secret ruined for me. Oh. And so then it was like, ugh, and and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till I really have the proper chance to sit down and play this. And I just have never sat down to play it. And I mm. I really should, but you know, thankfully I did download it like right away, and it's been on my PS4 the entire time. Mm. Um, actually, no, I think because I I got the White Destiny one after that, but. I did the switch over and we downloaded it before they took it off the store. Before they pulled it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I'm not going to sit here and sing its praises like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I think it's one of the greatest gaming demos of our modern era. And I would say it's a great mind F. But, but that was not what the game was going to be. It was not going to be first person. Oh, okay. It was a a demo to give people um, a look at the the attitude that was going into the development of PT or of Silent Hills. So they, maybe to give one a more overarching feeling. Sure, kind of like, the, the kind of the kind of scares they'd be going for, the kind of attitude they'd be right. going for, but that was never meant to say Silent Hills is going to be first person. Mm. So. Putting PT aside, I've I've never seen a first person horror game that I think has worked properly for what I want from Resident Evil. Because like, okay, so do you make this a shooter then? Because that's not what that's not what Resident Evil is. So then, do you like not have weapons? Because that's not what Resident Evil is. Like I've played, you know, I can't name them all, but played like Daylight and played Outlast and played stuff like that. I just don't think they're fun. And they they typically end up being you're running away from monsters the entire time and trying to find a place to hide and it's awkward because you're in first person so you can't really see your your whole environment properly to see like where you can and can't go. It's just like that's not what I want from Resident Evil at all. I see where you're coming from on that. Um, with that being said, are you a little bit surprised that Capcom has announced that this title could be out as early as January 2017? No, because I think that's kind of getting to be the Vogue thing to do, mm. you know, is mm-hmm. to be like, hey, we've got a game, and you're getting it sooner than you're going to expect. Mm. And I, I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like this might be the kind of game um, where you definitely want to have less time for people to kind of lose their incitement and enthusiasm for it. Well, I tell you what, no matter what, and, and you and I have discussed this at length in the past, and you know I respect Street Fighter V. I'm excited for its updates. I do love the animation, the character design. You just, everyone, as everyone knows, my issues, like many other people, has just been the way it launched and all that stuff. But not to beat a dead horse. All I know with Capcom is it's not so much that they've been putting out bad games. They've just been making some, like, hindsight is twenty twenty simple mistakes. They got to get Resident Evil 7 
right in terms of being a success because you know Street Fighter Five is like a triple A franchise for them. Resident Evil Seven is another big one for them. They can't you know Street Fighter Cross Tekken all the way back in 2012 was a hot item and that didn't go down 100 percent properly. They can't keep making these mistakes. They need a hit. And didn't they say like they were going to go back to kind of the spirit of the Resident Evil series with Resident Evil Seven? Like, isn't that what we were promised? Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't know if you're headed down this road again, but it's like if that's the case, you know, is that really doing that with that complete shift and change? I mean, look, I could be talking out my butt and wanting to relive the past, and this may be more recycled content and sequelitis. If they want to get some money in right now and buy themselves some time in terms of how, where to take the series in its next true step and maybe lay low but still bring in revenue, I think it's as simple as taking Resident Evil 2 and giving it the same proper care from the ground up that they did with the original Resident Evil on GameCube to buy time. You know what I mean? Like if they said, look, January 2017, we have this title coming out. It's not just, you know, re up resolution from 10 years ago but we're going to take that same philosophy and we're going to you know modify it correctly and you're still going to have the true spirit of re2 the one we haven't done yet it's not you know another re-release from another console i think they'd have a big seller well wait they're even, they're, wait, they're, they're doing re2 i i know that and, yeah. and i'm I, I i do know that but i'm just saying but i don't think it's going to quite turn out uh, I don't think it's going to turn out like RE and RE0 did in terms of that. C- because those games still look good today over 10 years later. No, I think, you know I think I mean? it's going to be better than those, though. Because they're, I mean, they're, they're doing it fresh right now, whereas RE and RE0 were well, just p- pulling the kind of basically the GameCube version over. Let me clarify my statement. This is all on me. I, I don't trust them right now. Hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I haven't seen anything. of. I've seen the, wasn't there an Unreal demo that was on the net or and got pulled? And, like, I've seen some of that stuff. Uh-huh. But but I haven't seen anything official from Capcom's office on it. Have you? No, not yet. So that's why, that's why, um, that's why I'm still leery. I think, I think I'd be okay if this wasn't 7. If this was, like, Resident Evil, the VR experience. The, or- sure. You know, v- v- violent, violent resurrection or some some sort of V mm-hmm. R kind of thing. That'd be fine. Like just making the seven like really bothers me. Well, could this be another issue of the game was meant to be something else, but they're putting the Resident Evil name on it for uh, recognition? Which I mean, that, that they could be doing that. It could be like a. I mean, Silent Hill isn't really the same thing. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, yeah, there I mean, was something. I mean, look, look, Final Fantasy 15, right? That's what they're doing with that. That was never meant to be Final Fantasy. Yeah, 15. it was versus 13, right. and then I think the one on this is kind of off uh, out there, but what is it on 3DS? Final Fantasy Explorers, I dare say, wasn't FF Explorers. They just slapped that name on there for the FF recognition. Right. Yeah, so it could be another one of those where some suit stepped in and said, "Hey, we we need a name that's going to get us an immediate half million out the gate or whatever," and slap Resident Evil on it. Or it's, it's or it's like uh, Ridge Racer Unbounded. Oh God! <laughs> but you know, like it's just like I, I feel like there's because I mean, because when we get to Sony's conference, I feel like so much of what Sony showed shows what Capcom could have done with Resident Evil. You know, Sony had a lot of games where like this could be what Resident Evil would be, and and people would love it. 
you know. Um, I mean, not saying I want to copy it, but think about, like, a Resident Evil style that kind of, like, after, like, The Last of Us, right? They could totally have that far more dramatic, even way back in remaking the original, if you want to do that, have, like, you know, Chris and Jill and everybody, like, have this this more emotional, dramatic storyline. Like, I would love to see that. It would be awesome. Don't you feel like Capcom made a real watered-down, knee-jerk reaction attempt at that with Revelations 2? Mm. And which which go which went, totally went against the praise you and I had for the original oh, yeah. because yes. the original harkened back to its roots, even though you know it had its quirks, but it was still re. And then the second one I felt like was uh, uh, a reflex to the success of the Last of Us. And then, uh, as a matter of fact, I with all of the crap that I buy and stack in the corner, I never picked up Revelations two because of that. I mean, not a bad game. I think my biggest thing was just like it. I loved like the TV show aspect of the first one, where you're hopping back and forth and back and forth and seeing a lot of different people and stuff like that. And then RE2 had these longer chapters, and you stick with people longer. And there wasn't. It was only like two real focal points in terms of main characters. And it just like it didn't have it didn't have the energy that the first one had. I don't know if that's the reason why, or what it is but yeah like yeah there is another route they could go with re that really hasn't been done quite yet for the genre they can kind of modify it and make it uh resident evil open air genre hmm. i don't know if that's clicking with you if you saw what nintendo said with zelda no wait i guess i didn't oh i'm sorry I, I guess that, I didn't. some of the some of the fans might have gotten that something to the effect that because I, I jumped the gun on you there but the new zelda because you know it's an open world adventure right. you know art, action and i believe i saw the term open air thrown around <laughs> that, that's not like a very like nintendo thing though so i have i have breaking news before we start uh, the e3 stuff i have breaking you, news. you actually uh stop playing tokyo mirage to get on this podcast oh, i have no interest whatsoever zero percent interest in that game i don't care um snk it seems like they released it or somebody released their stuff um but some of the sprites from mark of the wolves 2 have come out Uh, you know what i saw that this afternoon yeah so we get to finally see what some of the new characters from that game were, were gonna have been that was exciting. It looked like there was maybe a, I counted about six new sprites. That's what I'm seeing. It looks like one, yeah, there's six new characters, I, and I don't know that that's the entire roster because I mean yeah, because I didn't see Blue Mary. That's what I was just gonna say because everything seemed to point to us also getting Blue Mary in this game, and there's right. no Blue Mary on here. There's only it looks like to me there's only like one new female character, which which seems or I don't I can't tell if other character is actually female or male, but. You'd think there'd be a little, like, at least one other female character. So I don't know this is the entire selection. Um, I mean, we got, like, what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. We got, like, 14 characters in the first. So I'm I'm guessing this is only, like... Maybe this is, these are the ones that actually had sprite work started. Right. You know? I'm thinking it's something like that. Yeah. But this is, like, pretty cool. I mean, it's sad, but it's also, like, kind of neat to see. Yeah, I I saw that today. It was out of nowhere. I can't remember what sparked that online. And it was so funny for me to see that because 
uh, forgive me if I'm wrong because I I can't keep track of everything that I read, whether it's on the net or physical print. But I think the recent retro gamer with the NES on the cover, there's an article in there with um, uh, S, there's some SNK stuff in there for Fatal Fury and some other stuff. And somewhere I was reading about that, and I was even reading about how the data for Mark of the Wolves two, while they admitted that it was being worked on, um, it. You know, it, it. They didn't know if it was retrievable, so it was really odd that I literally read that within the last few days, and hmm. then I saw that online today. That was kind of odd. Yeah. Um, if you want to see them, though, they're on. They came out through Four uh, Gamer, which is a Japanese website, but the easier way might be go to EventHubs.com and do a search for Market Wolves Two on there. I don't know if this is the appropriate time, uh, as it sounds like Grand Theft Auto. I don't know what the heck's going on. There's like, I think there's there's like power drills going on outside <laughs> my house, and now there's like so, just sirens everywhere um, and stuff. The uh, hopefully you're not getting swatted. No, <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> but um, uh, that made me lose my train of thought. But uh, yeah. Oh, speaking, I, I know what I was going to say. Since we're talking about fighting games. Did you see the statement, I'm paraphrasing, about Daigo the Beast of Mahara saying he doesn't know if SF5 is going to be being played within the next year? At least. I, I'm going to be very honest. I think he's jumping a gun, and I'm going to be positive. I think with the updates and modifications that are being made to SF5 now and in the coming months, I think it will turn things around, and I think next year will be stronger. Another counter to that statement is that the sign-up for this year's Evo was record-breaking once again for Street Fighter. Nonetheless, it was a very interesting and strong statement for him to say during this, uh, uh, you know, the height of like Capcom Cup and Evo coming up in a few weeks. Uh, also, another aspect discussed was what may be hurting the Japanese play is not having an arcade version because the hardcore community still frequents playing at an arcade machine. I will agree with the um, arcade aspect. Like, well, not necessarily agree that that's the reason why this game isn't doing better, but I feel like it really needs an arcade version. You know, when I was at PAX um, East earlier this year, they had that set up there. Um, it's like kind of like a home console thing where somebody was running Street Fighter V in it, and it was really mm-hmm. awesome to have that. And it just, it does feel so weird. I mean, because since, you know, I I started playing, I played the original Street Fighter in arcades. I remember when we got Street Fighter 2, I remember when that became big. I remember when we got the, was it Super Street Fighter 2? And, you know, seeing, um, I was going to call him T-Zock, not T-Zock. Oh my God, T-Hawk. T-Zock <laughs> uh, is from uh, Mark of the Wolves. Um, seeing T-Hawk do his, like, that, that like, Spin you, spin you around the air and then slamming the ground move and like everybody freaking out about that. I remember getting Street Fighter Alpha. I remember Street Fighter Three coming in. Like I, I, I have this long connection to like Street Fighter and arcades, and it is really weird to me that you know this gigantic major new Street Fighter game does not exist in arcades. And I don't know that we need it as much as as uh, Daigo is saying we do, but it it is odd, and I think that is definitely helping to reduce the casual players and I'm not scared about Street Fighter 5 on a more hardcore level because there definitely does seem to be excitement in the pro gaming community but there are some pro players who seem to kind of get be getting bored of the game already 
And I also think we're having a real problem getting casual players into it. And I'm not worried, but I am worried. Well, it, you can't really blame casuals for not getting into it, though, correct? Because it's been so... I mean, to really keep abreast of what's going on, you kind of have to be hardcore. No, and, and the thing is, is like when this game first came out and there was problems with it, and it was like, okay, more kind of coming later, I was always like, you know what, give Capcom a chance at this. You know, give him a chance right. to add things. And at this point, I'm kind of frustrated with Capcom because they've been really, really terrible about communicating about this game. You know, going back to what you were saying a little bit ago about Capcom, you're not trusting them with, with, with Resident Evil 2. Right. Like, I'm getting to be trusting them less with this game. And it's just like, you know, this is your gigantic fighting game franchise. And, and you're starting to lose ground to, like, Tekken and to Mortal Kombat and, these, and, and Smash and these kind of things. And why do we still, like, not have a versus human mode? You know, just a versus mode to go into that doesn't exist for that's for embarrassing. Play. That's, that's that's straight that's straight up embarrassing. Right, and even if it was the most bare bones thing in the world, how can Capcom have not put together a really cheap arcade mode? I know. You know, like literally have okay, you have eight eight or ten twelve slots, whatever, and you fight people in order, and then there you go. And like I got a chance to play the the storyline mode at E three. Uh, the first mm-hmm. like ten minutes of it or so, mm-hmm. and it's still these one round fights that were like pretty easy to beat. It's like they're going ba- they're going backwards and instead of forwards. And it's like how how did they release the character stories where the the AI is just dumb and it's only one round and you just like I breezed through every one of the stories in like four or five minutes. I think, speaking of that, not to keep giving plugs out, but I think Edge Magazine had a layout on that concept a few months ago on SF5 in regards to exactly what you were just talking about in regards to the AI and how at this point in time in 2016 with today's technology, how there's got to be something more, um, you know, a perfect perfect aspect to to train the player or teach casuals at home with all of the stuff that can be added in. Have Uh, Have you seen the new Guilty Gears training mode at all? I, oh, I I picked it up, uh, Revelator. Yeah, have you have you tried I, the free mode at all? Uh, yes, I didn't do. I did the free training. I didn't do the the in depth one, which I've heard great things about. There is like I've I've only watched video of it so far, but it's like it's a really really neat training mode that teaches you like all of the basics in these kind of like fun mini game ways. Well, and it's crazy. I was going to make kind of a joke and not a joke in that when you look at SF five and then put in Revelator, the amount of just the first screen with what mode you want to select, it's like the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you go – so I don't know what argument or excuse to make for Capcom because I'm a huge Capcom fan. But like a piece of me like wants to say, okay, we've been saying now for the last decade that Jap- the Japanese game industry, there's everything from budget issues to them just not being up and up on the tech with Western development – but then at the same time, we're talking about the fighting genre, which nine times out of ten, you're going to get the the better fighter out of the East. I will give a special asterisk to recent Mortal Kombat installments because they fixed that series. Yeah. But, like, at what point do I stop? It's like, okay, we're in 2016. This is, this is okay, we're talking about a fighting game. We're not talking about 
uh, a sandbox game. We're not talking about trying to compete with GTA uh, or The Witcher, okay? We're talking about a one-on-one fighting game. There's a lot of basics that all, they have. They already have blueprints and layouts of what to do over the last 25 years. And this is a game I would assume that has some sort of a decent budget. So, like, what's going on? Like, what is the the feasible excuse as to why this came out like a skeleton? And the the worst thing for them is that you look at Guilty Gear XR Revelator, which, in all fairness is building upon the foundation they built with sign. Yes. Okay? Yes. But still, you look at that, and you look at this, and you're like, you know Guilty Gear didn't have a bigger budget than Street Fighter V. At least I wouldn't think so. I, I would I would hope not, no. Yeah. And you look at that, and you're like, how is it this product? I don't want to say as far superior. This is all, uh, you know, arguable. It's all personal taste, but... There's so much more to it. And like Street Fighter, it's so ironic because SF4, literally, this isn't hyperbole, revitalized the fighting game genre in the mid-2000s yeah. because it was it was dead for over half a decade. Didn't know if the fighting game genre, with the exception of rehash and classic re-releases, could come back from the dead. Street Fighter 4 literally resurrected it. But now it's like they're not even – Street Fighter 5 is huge and they're not at the forefront. No, it, it's, yeah, like, exactly. It's, you know, they were the ones who created the genre. They were the ones who resurrected the genre. Why are they just mucking this up so bad? And it it's, I've said this, like, about a lot of things, right? Like, you look at the PS4, <clears throat> and it's like, h- how were there no, no, no notifications when your friend comes online? You know, how were there no folders? Like, there's these things where you're like, we learned these things 10 years ago. At least. Yeah. You know, you look at Street Fighter and it's like, again, how is there no versus either, either, I mean, I'm sorry, versus CPU when I'm saying versus, like how's there no versus CPU for like local play? How is it not there? That, that's, that's been, that's been a thing that's been in fighting games for like, has been like 20 years now, at least I would say. Like, wh- why does that not exist? How does this game come out without that? And that was even in, like, Street Fighter V demos for the demo kiosks. Like, how is that not there? Like, I don't get how... If you want to say the storyline wasn't finished, I totally understand that. I totally understand that there were... Like, if you could even say, we couldn't get arcade mode done in time, I would buy that. But just the little things that are missing where you're like, how is this missing? And it's just like again i think for me at this point it's just the communication thing and i think this unfortunately is a japanese company issue where they 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 need to make a website with a list and say these are every single complaints these are all the complaints that we know our fans have and this is the priority we've put them in for fixing them and here is, as of now, our best information on when these will be fixed. Like, they need to have that. Because they've given so little communication. Like, on the Rage Quitters thing, they were like, yeah, we've heard you, finally, finally. And, like, how did they not know that? D- d- yeah, day one. Day one. And finally, they're like, oh, yeah, we heard you. We're going to fix it. And then there was just, like, silence. And you know what? At that point, every week, I want you telling me something. Even if it's like just like a, it's like thirty second long update, 
tell me something. Let me know that you still care about that and that you're still working on it. Let me ask you this. I'm going to be kind of a devil's advocate, and this may be the most ignorant, stupid thing I've ever said on this podcast, okay? Trying to wrap my head around this. Is it possible that some of the modern-day Japanese developers and development don't have the same programming know-how that's currently available in the West? Well, I know that was definitely a problem last generation because with um, what was it, Unreal Engine three? Sure, right. Time? We've t- right. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely yeah, a big, for, big issue. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know, like, like I don't because I'm trying to think. I'm literally trying to think of the excuse, like, why are these basic things not like? I think uh, I'm going to go back to the warning days. I think one of the things, and this is a while ago, like the big thing that you guys would always kind of pick on from Japan were things like the. Uh, the camera work oh, or yeah. like the camera you know what I mean like that's old school stuff that they had trouble catching up on now what we're talking about is a little bit different but I mean is that real is it just the the process the thought process um, I'm gonna I'm gonna regurgitate something I read from a book and this is not video game related okay this was as a matter of fact I think it was I'm, look, I'm gonna look on my shelf it's uh I think it's from my A uh, Geek in Japan book, if I'm not mistaken, which is really good, by the way. Uh, for someone like me that doesn't get out of the house and wants to learn about the culture firsthand and a gaijin that's traveled there and how, you know, it tells everything from pop culture to how to act in the business atmosphere and all that stuff. Does this come down to one of those things also where maybe they do know how to do this stuff, but because of the procedure within the office holding things up, for example... In the book, it says, let's say you're sitting at your computer and your CD drive goes out. Well, normally over here, you would think, okay, the CD drive is busted. You're either going to take a look at it or you're going to go out and you're going to go to the store or whatever and replace it, right? Or you're going to go to your boss and go, hey, look, my CD drive's done. This needs to be replaced so I can continue on with my work, right? right? It's pretty simple. But they say sometimes in Japan what can happen is like people – they'll assess the situation, look at it. You have to go through proper workflow or paperwork. Then it could take a couple of days before they get back and look at it to see if – and assess it and see if it's something that does need replacing. Like instead of something to get the work done that can take place in a day, this can turn literally into days or weeks. Now, yeah. I don't know if I'm stretching things or you know really thinking way out of this box – but could it be something as stupid as that? As to beating another dead horse here, as to why we still don't have folders on the goddamn PS4. I think I, I feel like it's a combination of things, and this is just me talking my personal opinion, not saying it's fact. I think it's partially it's that. I think it's partially the the management structure in Japan, where you typically have, and and in a weird way, for anybody who are like fans of like J-pop. It's almost the same thing in a way that they do for their leader of the group. You know, the leader of J-pop groups are always when it's the oldest. Not not, mm. not, not the best singer. Mm. Not the cutest. <coughs> not the most talented. The, the quote-unquote leader is always the one that's the oldest. Um, and so I feel like Japanese companies a lot of times have, you know, you're the boss because you've been there the longest or, you know, you got the most promotions or whatever. <clears throat> and that doesn't mean you have any real working knowledge, but... Like, you still control everything, and there's less ability for people underneath you to kind of break out and bring up things that maybe you aren't supporting or aren't knowledgeable about, or stuff like that. I think that's part of it. I think that Japan has um, a problem like sharing ideas and technology. I think Japan's 
always had an issue with being adamant about like there's almost this attitude and i know i've said this before over and over but i think it's important um there's this attitude of like it's better for us not to play other companies games or know about other companies games and then like that you know like did you because they don't want it to affect their i'm guessing they don't want it to affect or influence their own ideas they want what they produce to come from their I don't own mind that or it's almost kind of like a feeling of like pride in the idea that that you're not admitting you know anything else that exists out there mm. you know whereas i feel like in america or at least in the west it's like if if you've got a game developer and another game developer and one does something really cool the other one would be like hey we played that game we saw it we're taking that idea and making it our own because that's like what fans want right like if you're making a game in 2016 that has a cover system i don't want you making that from scratch Right, we right. You know, I want you going out there and seeing what the best games with cover systems are and doing something like they're doing. And I feel like Japan instead feels like they always want to make everything from scratch instead of just learning from what other people have already done. So I, yeah, I think it's a combination I, I, of all those things that like is that messes us up. Uh, it kind of kind of comes back full circle to how how is it they could be going backwards on something that's been around 20 years you know going back to that theory of starting from scratch was starting from scratch you know ground zero there goes your versus cpu and local play and all that stuff because they're doing it from they're trying to reinvent the wheel again yeah yeah i don't know it's it's frustrating and i i still respect and love a lot of you know uh you know there's still some great anime out there there's still some glimpses of great titles from Japan every now and then still. You know, I don't think Japan is as bad as the 80s console games we get from Europe, not to throw a big <laughs> stone over, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but they're certainly not, you know, they're not that bad. Like, we're not doing backflips over James Pond and Zool. Yeah. But I don't know. But, you know, like, it's a, it's a series I don't care about at all, but... If you want to look at a, a kind of similar situation, you look at um, Killer Instinct when that first came out, like the, the, the current era one. I know what you're going to say, yeah. And just like how uh, yeah. much they've yep. fixed and revised yeah. and added to that game, like in a very short span of time. Like right. that, that's where a game where I feel like if I'm a fan of that, I can have confidence in knowing the people making this game are listening to me and listening to what I want. You know, you look at a game like we've been talking about, Overwatch, you look at, like, how much attention Blizzard has put into, like, talking about what's going on. And that game came out in May. One month. What? It's been about One month. six weeks. We've already, six weeks. Yeah, we've already had, like, features taken out because they weren't, they weren't working the way that they thought it was. We've had um, uh, com- com- competitive mode completely revised because mm-hmm. people didn't like the way it was working originally. You know, we've had characters already rebalanced because of how things were going. Like, they've already put in one month, like, a lot of work into directly listening to fans and making that game better. And, like, (laughs) we got to a point where Capcom couldn't even stick to their schedule of DLC characters coming out. Like, we were supposed to get a Buki in May. Yeah, what did they say? It's late. It still hasn't hit. Well, it said late June, but today's the recording date for those listening is June 24th. That's actually yeah. Like so, when is she? When is she? Yeah, because she's coming with the update. So when is that update coming out? Yeah, and I thought it was. It said late June, and so we've got about six, to five and a half days yeah. left in this month. Yep. And Evo's what in freaking seventeen, eighteen days? Oh my days? god, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize it was that. That's right. It's that close. 
Mm. And like, I mean, just like things like rage quitting, right? It is unacceptable how long that took to fix. It is unacceptable. Because that was that was legitimately hurting the game. Right. Hurting players. Hurting the and, community. And the heartbreaking thing, to go on the other side of the coin, is Street Fighter V, that for those that don't know or are leery of picking it up because of all this, it's a pretty beautiful game. It's amazing. It's it's, it's that's the saddest thing. It's ten it's, times better than I think Street Fighter Four ever was. It it's I will I, it is a great looking game. It is a do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the and I like what they've done with the characters. This isn't one of those things where I'm spending a lot of time like, man, I don't really like what they've done with the art direction. I will say I wasn't crazy about what they did with Ken, but they're taking chances with some of the characters. They're really spicing it up, and it's more good than bad. And it's the stupid stuff right now that's killing it. Also, the thing that was absolutely killing it for me was the matchmaking in terms of like your ranking versus other people's ranking. Like that mm. was just ludicrous which i guess that's part of the things they're saying it's gonna be fixed in the next update right whenever it well, comes out why do we not like, <laughs> why do we not know well the other joke i was going to make earlier was in terms of the story if they're having trouble coming up with the story and they just want to fill her with a ton of voice acting and art go hire uh the people from atlas who worked on the persona 4 arena and blaze blue i mean god there was so much story in that you you need to fa- a fast forward button yeah I'm sure those guys and gals could whip something up on this. To, you know, the damn story mode has nine hours of speech. But and it, you know, this isn't how I expected the E3 and I, and I say all this, and I think we both do. We both, I think we both say all of this as gigantic Capcom fans. Absolutely, and we say it, it because we're frustrated with the company that we love their output of. You know, absolutely, they're not making as boneheaded mistakes as. What occurred with Mighty Number no. Nine? <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, it's not that they're. It's it's just it's. Wait, wait Anthony. The, I think the best thing you can say is <laughs> it has a credit credit sequence that is longer than the game itself is. You know, How and I try you, to wait, wait. No, wait. How? I understand you want to say thanks to your to people who supported you. How do you make a four-hour long credit sequence? Well, it's funny you mention this because I, while I did hear that the other day, I watched a video earlier this evening before going on the air here. I want to say it clocked in at like three hours and 40-some-odd minutes. It's just under four hours, and there's over 70,000 backers. Furthermore, to make it more cumbersome, it's not done alphabetical by name, but it's done by one's mighty number nine Kickstarter number assigned yes. to them. Yet many people still looking for certain incentive items which they've not received and be, being requested to provide that number that coincides with their screen name or whatever it is. It's crazy because now they're having to track that number down. It's, it is just... The cluster of clusters. Why do you not have an option in the option screen for like Kickstarter backers? And then you get like a whole bunch of pages that you can like just easily scroll through. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Four hours. It's amazing. It's amazing. I I don't know where to. Yeah. It's a train wreck. And I even saw, and I'm not going to name names, but I even saw a couple people, not a lot, a couple People in the industry will uh, like 
in the translation voice acting world. Not really sticking up for Mighty Number no. Nine, but reminding supporters that to remind them that what this stood for and like bringing you know a creator's vision, like to giving that vision a chance. I'm paraphrasing, you know, to bring that a lot. And you know what? I'm I'm all for that theory. Okay, I don't want to sound like one of those entitled gamers that's just like, man, this this is shit and that shit and this game sucks. Okay. But $4 million, two and a half to three years, all you needed to do was make another solid 2D mega... Like, you didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Even if you just friggin' cut and pasted some one of the games, the 10 games you already did, it would have still been head and shoulders above, and I'm going to say it, because some people online were saying it's not a pile of garbage and trash or whatever, but they say it's real middle of the road. I'm going to go out there and say it. The game is a pile of garbage for what was provided to them and what we got. I, I, I Seriously, it's... I know you were saying some things with SF5 were unacceptable. This is unacceptable. Like, I, I think the part that makes me... Like, people have been posting, like, the concept art and being like, this is what the game should have looked like. And we obviously knew it was never going to look like that. But I don't know if you've seen it, but there was like the early test footage on Unreal Engine 4 of like what this game would look like. I remember seeing it when it came out. I'm not, I haven't looked, looked at it again. Great. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, but, and then, because they just promised like so many platforms they're going to make this game for, like we get this just joke of a game in terms of visuals. Um, I, to be fair, I've not played it. I've watched people play it. My coworker played it for review. I've seen videos. I just like I don't know. Like there's just there's so many things about it. Like just all the all the talking, and the game just constantly stopping so people can talk to you and things like that. And it just yeah, like it's it's really sad because this was a guy. You had Capcom again. Capcom comes up. You know, who who just was abusing Mega Man. And here comes Inafune in. He's going to be the savior of Mega Man. He was, quote-unquote, the father, which now, recently, he said he's not the father, which is very funny for him to finally say that. Oh, God. Um, He comes in. He's like, I'm going to make a new Mega Man. And you get all these, like, fans who are so excited and pump all this money to it and everything. And it just... I think that the, the, the most interesting thing to me is, like, during E3, I got a chance to play the demo of Bloodstained the basically Castlevania savior that Igarashi is working on. And playing that, I could feel the passion. I could feel the love for those older games. I could feel them attempting to make something that they would be proud of and that they wanted their fans to play. And I just see my number nine and it just it you know, it looks like you you've put off that term paper until like the last night. And you're writing it at like 3 a.m. because you have to turn in something. Right, exactly. That's what this looks like. They're like, we have to release something, and this is what we got out of it. I'm going to make a bold statement. You've probably heard me say things, whether it be uh, personally off the air or on the air. I'll say things like, you know, I have a level of respect for so-and-so because even if this game isn't the greatest, like I don't have the know-how how to do this. I don't know how to program. So just to get to square one, you know, these people are light years ahead of me in the industry, right? I always give that respect, right? 
I, I, I used Mortal Kombat as an example. Like, I was never a big fan of Mortal Kombat like, right. back in the day. But I always understood that whether it used digitized visuals or whatever the hell you want to call it, I knew that that was a tough job. I can't do that job. Okay, Here's my bold statement. If you hired me, and I'll even explain to you how I would have done it, and I have no experience in this field. If you said, Anthony, put your money where your mouth is, because one of the things that I find most jarring with uh, Mighty Number no. 9 is the absolutely lackluster slash terrible level design. I could come up with better designed levels than what they've got in Mighty Number no. 9. Well, I, I think the argument for that is because they wanted to do the... Um, the dash mechanic. Whatever. But, I, I'm not being rude. I'm not being rude with you. Right. I don't care. Right. I would have gotten out graph paper, gotten out the classic Mega Man titles, and done it old school, square by square, for real. If you hired me, and if I had to sit there all day to figure this out and look at maybe visual examples online or whatever you want, I mean, th- the levels in my mind are th- it's trash. You know. And then I think, too, they could have actually done more, like, old-school-style levels and still had that dash mechanic. Well, I Mega Man, I, Mega Man I, X. X for, uh, I, my personal pick for best Mega Man, and I'm speaking for myself, and, uh, you know, for the old-school ones, a lot of people like two. But if we're talking the whole Mega Man universe, my pick would probably be Mega Man X4 on PlayStation or Saturn. But, yeah, I mean, those have dash mechanics, wall grab. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. So and, and I, I, I yeah I mean it's like the question is did 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 people want a game with those new mechanics or did they literally want like a new Mega Man you know I think that too is part of the problem like when you have a, a game that's like funded by your fans it's like is this really what fans wanted I don't know I mean like you know I think ask yourself if you saw this game and didn't know Inafune had anything to do with it didn't know it was Kickstarter. And you just thought it was a fan project to make a Mega Man like game. Like, would you play it? Yes or no? I think no. that's the big question. No, not me. No, and I'm not. No, nope. Because I will. I look at a lot of the uh, what are they called? Dojin. I look at all those shooters that come out of Japan and some of the stuff that goes up to Steam. Some of them I think are great. Some of them, you know, uh, I've seen like a lot of layer section ripoffs. You'll see like your. Um, Don Pachi rip like there's a lot of mixed bag stuff out there, good bad stuff. Uh, I was a big supporter of Neo Geo Dev Team, uh, their first title about a decade ago, Last uh, Last Hope. I mean, this is stuff money where my mouth is. Fast Striker. I mean, I have supported like perfect example. I'm glad I mentioned them. Not that the games are flawless, but you look at Last Hope, which was like a uh, R uh, type Gate of Thunder type. Uh, Polestar ripoff. You look at uh, Fast Striker, which was their foray into the bullet hell type shooter. Uh, uh, Gun Lord, which was their Turrican. Those games blow away. Absolutely blow away paying homage to those classics versus what Mighty Number no. 9 did to the Mega Man series. Well, then you even have games like Shovel Knight that were. The homage to the Mega Man series. Oh, sh- oh, that, and, and that's yeah, and that's got like a, I I have that game on 3DS by the way, and I've played it. Great game. As a matter of fact, I stayed away from it because I was being a snob and I didn't know what to think of the main character. And I'm like, eh, I don't know, I don't know about this. It went on sale on the eShop about six months ago. I got it for ten bucks. If I knew the game was that good, 
like if I listened to the reviews, which I should have, I'd have had that game day one. Right. That game was great. So, yeah, I mean, so using those examples of devs, indie work that you know they had like no budget, they had $4 million record-breaking Kickstarter disgrace. Disgrace. And I, I, and, and yeah. I think, you know, again, I've seen people complain, like, other developers and stuff about, you know, you don't realize how hard game development is, and all this kind of stuff, and that, that's, that's true. I think the problem here is, if this had been Inafune trying to make this game, and they go through, and they had problems with development, and the idea just didn't work out and everything, and we got to where we're at now, I think that'd be one thing, but you had a man who while he was trying to get his game, his delayed game done, was then starting other Kickstarters for other Mega Man homage products, you know, who was talking about how this game's going to be a, a cartoon and a, or a TV show or, you know, a comic <laughs> and figures or right. whatever. And right, with brand. Red Ash. Well, not even just Red Ash, but I'm also and, talking about my number nine being like this new franchise and stuff, how there'll be a sequel and even if the game doesn't do well and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like... If he had just shut up, worked hard, given proper updates, and then released a game, like I think people would be far less upset. <laughs> can I? I can end this topic on this note. Do you know how you? Do you know when things are bad? Hmm. When Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes. Is when modern day Sonic is putting the digs in and the claws into your game and tweeting your official Twitter page, you know things are bad. That was so funny. When a character that's been in everything from Sonic 06 to whatever other garbage, Sonic Boom, and he's able to throw rocks in his glass house at you, you're in trouble. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I will tell you this Whoever's behind that feed uh, They deserve a raise Because it's, If the goal it, it, They it, deserve a raise Because the goal was to get Attention and traction And retweets Well they succeeded Because not only did I catch that Right away when it hit on Twitter I've seen I've seen it on IGN All over the net I mean they That person Should get a little bonus this week It's funny because like you look at a, a Twitter account like um like uh oh god, why am I suddenly forgetting him? Um the the main guy from Sony. Oh uh that Twitter account. There's Shuhei Yoshida and there's Kaz no, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Kaz, Kaz Hirai. Yeah. CEO Kaz Hirai. Like and just the amazing comedy that comes from like that account. When I'm at the parody, and then you look at Sonic, and like this isn't a parody. This is their official account doing this. <laughs> and I mean, I can't believe any company would allow their official account to do this, but yes. it has totally worked. Yes. Yes. Well, trying to get back on course here on uh, episode 17 of the generic video game podcast. Here, listening to us at Radio Morning Project. Dot com. We're coming to you live via tape delay here. Uh, don't forget to catch me on Twitter at 24BitAJE. My one and only co-host, Molly at MollyPen, M-O-L-L-I-P-E-N. Getting these plugs in real fast. Uh, the work feed for Molly at suddenly Molly, but this time Molly's with an I-E at the end. Also, 
the one, the only, uh, at it since the late 80s, EGM, uh, at EGM now, just like it sounds, and the official morning radio page at M-O-R-N-R-A-D-I-O. Thank you for listening to us at radio.morningproject.com and all of the classic episodes of all of our partners from the nichiest to warning uh, to anything else that shows up on that page. So, uh, main reason we're here this evening is following up, as promised, two weeks ago we recorded our pre-E3 show. Uh, it is now, once again, it is all history in the history books. E3 2016 has come to a close. All of the conferences are done. Uh, we won't get into every itty-bitty piece from E3, otherwise we'd be here about two days. You know, EA kicked things off on a Sunday, followed by Bethesda Xbox hit it the next morning, uh, Ubisoft, uh, PlayStation, and then Nintendo doing their treehouse thing the following day on Tuesday. Uh, just jump a little bit all over here. We mentioned, gave a plug to Breath of the Wild earlier. Uh, many outlets. Uh, it's kind of ironic. You know, Nintendo really only had two things at the show. And kind of the running joke was that of those two, uh, one of them was game of the show in many people's minds. Uh, the new Zelda, but much, much more went down at E3 this year, and Molly knows better than most of us being there firsthand. So how was it? How was it everything from getting there to the convention center? Was it as crazy as always? How was your experience this year? How did it stack up against your other many E3 experiences from the past? What was your take? I thought that this is going to be a, a, a terrible year because of just like a lot of companies kind of not being there in very big presence and everything. But it was a better year than I thought it was going to be. Um, it still wasn't like... It's interesting because I was thinking afterwards and I had to come up with a list of like the most innovative games I saw at E3 and my list ended up just being blank because I couldn't... I could not think of anything that I would consider to be innovative. For this year? Yeah. Okay. But this felt like the year of polished and exciting sequels like not necessarily original stuff that was good but um and i mean there's a few examples but for the most part it was like there's a sequel here and you know what it actually feels worth playing like that's what this show felt like to me well speaking of sequels uh i gotta tell you the during Sony's conference, the two games that threw me for the biggest loop, and when I say that, I mean like in terms of I couldn't figure out what they were while the footage was rolling. As we already talked about at length, Resident Evil 7 was one of those two. Yep. The other one, I got to admit, threw me for a loop. Uh, I was guessing other titles and making jokes while I watched it, but when the title came up on screen, I was like, what the hell? The new Call of Duty. Yeah, that's it's funny because I think that caught a lot of people by surprise. <clears throat> And I think I did figure it out, like, I don't know if it was, like, halfway through or... Because at first, at first... Because the thing is, like, it, it came as part of a, a VR segment of their show. Mm. So it's like, okay, is this, like, a new, like, space VR game? But, like, once then you get out of the ship, I'm like, okay, this is Call of Duty. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, like, I am a little interested in Call of Duty. Um at a point that I thought I wouldn't be because this is the third year in a row they've done like the kind of futuristic stuff. Right, but this one's really taking it to another level yeah. off, the off the planet. 
and it seems like it's it's gonna be kind of neat to play, which is is bizarre. Um, Sony's conference was really interesting because you had last year's conference that was so crazy, and 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 it was like going into this one, it's like okay, how in the world do they compare to last year? You know, like I went in assuming there was no way this conference was going to be any good compared to last year because last year was just too mind blowing, right? And yet they they pulled it off. I, I think um, as somebody who actually goes to these, I don't like that venue as much as the venue they've been using for recent years. But the atmosphere was way way better and just kind of like. I don't know if classier is the right word, but it felt kind of classy and, and, and interesting and artsy, you know. Um, having an orchestra there was ended up being amazing. And they just had this whole video, 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 you know, game, 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 game. There was like, I mean, what? Was there like 10 minutes total of, of people coming on stage talking? If that? Uh... Yeah, I mean that's an interesting point. I didn't look at it that way, um, but yeah, I mean there was there was a lot of stuff, uh, you know. Obviously, kicking off with the God of War uh, piece, which looks like, I mean, it's it's weird because I, I sit here thinking, is this what hardcore like longtime God of War fans want? But I also sit here thinking, this is a God of War I actually want to play, that I'm actually interested in, that I legitimately want to to try and sit down but it's also in a weird way and i'm curious if you you think this is as well i felt like and i don't know if this is like something we blame naughty dog for i felt like there's (laughs) kind of a similarity to a lot of sony's games in that there are these very dramatic epic emotional third-person adventure games. I swear if I'm lying, I'm dying. I don't think you and I had this conversation. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think so, no. But it's so funny you say that because you put it much more eloquently. Uh, You have a much better vocabulary than I. But I said the same thing to various, whether it be people in my circle of friends, uh, people at the local gaming stores. I said the same thing. I said essentially it's funny because Sony's first party stuff has like you could like Nintendo's games have a look, Sega's old arcade games have a look, and nowadays it's like Sony's games have a look. And I mentioned like on char- like I think a lot of it comes down to the facial animation or whatever they're doing with their textures, or maybe it comes right. down to the software toolkits that they're using first party. But you're exactly right. From everything from Uncharted to The Last of Us to God of War to I would even argue to an extent Horizon. Horizon, I, I think. I think Days Gone definitely fits this category. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it just it's weird, and part of me like is interested in all those games for those kind of reasons. But it it's it's almost like. Um, it's almost like if I if you went if like from software from for whatever reason has a press conference, and it's like it's like new Bloodborne and uh, uh, Armored Core and <laughs> Kingsfield and one and like one other game and, Dark Souls and they're all like Dark Souls ripoffs you yeah. know it's like all of a sudden like Armored Core is like a Dark Souls game right you know it's like you're this big armored thing going through this dark adventure and stuff so it's kind of like 
oh my god, like these are all like the exact same game and it's Yeah, now let me ask you this. I'm going to just come at you with this. So, And I will say this for those that have listened. I consider The Last of Us one of the, I would have to say one of the greatest gaming experiences I've had in my 30 years of gaming. Okay, I mean, I I don't know exactly where I put it in the top twenty five or top fifty, like it, but it you know it was certainly that was a game that all of the praise it got it deserved. So before I say the statement I'm going to make, I'm not backpedaling on that. But with all of these grand presentations, and I know gaming has been going this direction for a while now, is there a piece of you, and I can say this to you because you've been playing so long. That you're just like, hey, this is awesome. This is a cinematic experience. This is once again AAA Hollywood production values. But then, is there that piece of you that's also like as awesome as that is where we are tech wise? Like, you know, you're still here to play games and kind of like, where's the, you know, you want a game? Yeah. And, and I think that's part of the reason why, like, I completely understand if anybody isn't excited by the new God of War. Because. You know, the older one was was kind of, uh, you know, you weren't thinking about your kid, you know? Yeah, you were, you're hitting the nail on the head. You were, hit, you were mashing buttons and, and slicing people up, you know? like And, and like, the new one is, like, the, they announced it's going to have no sex mini games in it, for example. They said that? Yeah, yeah. I didn't... <laughs> and, I mean, not like I necessarily <laughs> right. care. But I, 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 just did, I just didn't catch that. Okay. I think that's part of it where, like, there's almost this feeling of, like, no, 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 God of War has to be classier now, you know? Right. It's just, it's weird. Because let me ask you this. <clears throat> I know some people have said something kind of similar, and I want to see what you say. So, Days Gone. Yep. If, uh, if they hadn't announced that game as being Days Gone, and let's say somebody, or like, let's, let's say you did, let's, let's say, no, let's, let's say like you just didn't see the trailer at all. I've got an answer, okay. And somebody on the internet splices in a title card so instead of saying days gone it says last of us 2 could you have believed that <laughs> could could you have been like oh and, and not really thought about it how, i don't think i would have believed that really? can, can i give you two how inappropriate can i how politically incorrect can i get <laughs> on the show you, sure go ahead i'll give you two answers okay it either looked like a as an A bullet point, the Last of Us White Trash Edition, <laughs> or B, Dead Rising Wannabe. Now, mm, yeah, no, I, I see that. Not to disrespect the tech, what they were showing on screen, tech, tech wise, nerdy wise, was impressive, and the game didn't look bad. And I'm not saying I'm out, so to speak. Like, I don't have any care in the world about it. But the other bullet point I wanted to make on this title before we get into it further was, if it was me, okay, playing playing God over here, I would not have ended the PlayStation Conference on that. I thought the PlayStation Conference was very good. I agree with everything you said versus last year to this year. It was a very tough act to follow. I thought Sony tried really hard, and I thought they did their best, and I think it was nothing to be ashamed of. If I were to change anything with what they, with what we were presented, and if I only had those pieces to work with, I would not have ended on that game. Well, so rumor rumor goes that um, sorry, one second. Uh, rumor goes that they were supposed to be ending it with Red Dead Redemption Two. Ooh. 
Ooh. And that's something like late hour cause that they have to change. <clears throat> Doesn't that make a lot more sense now versus my guess? Like that's a that's a blockbuster to end on. Yeah, and I I mean I like I actually liked the fact that they revealed the game and then showed gameplay later on. Um but there was also a weird contrast in what I saw in the video was not what I was expecting when I saw gameplay. I was not expecting like zombie kind of characters. I know they're not zombies, but you know, like rage people or whatever like that. Right. Like I was not expecting that. Um, but okay, I, I wanted to go back because I swear, I swear to you that if you saw that trailer <laughs> and then at the end, <clears throat> that main character like goes through a door and a, an older Ellie is standing there, mm. I guarantee you, you would have bought that was Last of Us 2. Because <laughs> it's really just, I... I <laughs> I don't. I, it feels so weird that that Sony Bend would do a game so close to Last of Us Two, and some people were saying like, "Oh, well, is this going to cause Last of Us Two to get delayed?" And I will tell you right here and now that if if so, if Naughty Dog <laughs> wanted to do Last of Us Two anytime soon, this game would not exist. Okay, <laughs> Sony's not Sony's not pushing aside Naughty Dog's project for for right. some Sony Bend project. Like this thing would not exist if that was coming anytime soon. Well, what? How did you feel about it? Like your personal? I gave my opinion. I thought it was, uh, it was the the Last of Us White Trash Edition slash our Dead Rising since MS got Dead Rising Four year exclusive. I mean, what what do you think? I think it's like, but I mean, this goes back to what I was saying. Is I'm excited. I was excited for all these games they showed. But at a certain point, it is like, how many of these can I play? Uh, here's the deal. I'll tell you right now. Days Gone, and I'm, I won't buy it. I, I probably... <sighs> Not the, buying it. The, the one thing I would say is I do really love the sense of that gigantic horde following you. Like, they, that game really seems to pull it off well. But I just, yeah, if I'm picking between... The games they showed, like, I'm not picking that one. Now, I'm going to tell you how ass-backwards I am. The game I'm going to pick, if you look at that, uh, God of War, and Horizon, let's just look at those three Sony exclusives. Of the three, the one I will definitely buy, which sadly could wind up on, technically turn out to be the worst, just due to, just because of how different it is, but the one I am going to buy... Is Horizon? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm exact same way. That would be if I was picking one of those three. That's when I'd pick. Yeah, uh, God of War. I'm on the fence. I do enjoy the series. I've beaten a couple entries in that series. Um, I have a high level of respect for what it does. Um, but that one, I'm kind of in between. Although, and I did like what they showed. Horizon, I'm in on. I mean, the only way I guess I'm backing out of Horizon is is let's say some reviews pop out a few days early and they're just saying like the game is crashing, it runs at 15 frames, and it's you know it's some sort of a, a disaster. Okay, I'll pull back on that. But uh, you know, days gone. I don't know what it's going to take to get me to because of what you said, whether it be for time, what we've got on our plate, and. I, I don't know what's going to get me excited enough to actually go out and spend the 60 bucks on that. I can't wait until um, they reveal the new next-gen Jack and Daxter, where it's a post-apocalyptic dramatic adventure where the two <laughs> characters have to go through the wilderness of America and, and fight. Yeah. Um, 
oh my god like ape escape can you imagine ape escape coming back and it's it's just like super serious like third person dramatic game and in like like it's like days gone but instead of the the rage people it's like just monkeys like i probably be, flood of monkeys I, i'd probably be more interested but like, i mean i yeah it's but okay but we have to talk about this we have to talk about there's a certain game we have to talk about well, it could be the 500-pound elephant in a room, but I don't know if you're going there. I, I mean, there's only, like, I mean, of course, there's Spider-Man, which that's interesting, and everybody thought right. it was going to be Sucker Punch, but it was actually Insomniac. Right. right. Um, there is some kind of neat VR-looking stuff, like the whole X-Wing mission. That's that's cool. Yep. Um, I mean, you want me to say it? Well, no, I'm thinking that there's, like, I thought it's, like, one of the big thing. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I mean, Death Stranding. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, what was your big thing? Well, and I, you know, because I talked to you on the side, I already know in advance that you didn't get a chance to play it. But I was going to say the Last Guardian released. Oh, oh no, yeah. I mean, Last Guardian, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Last Guardian looks fantastic. There's now another th- cat dog thing. What is that? <laughs> um, I played. I played Gravity Rush two. That was my personal pick. For oh, me. how I didn't know that. How was? Uh... It's so beautiful. No kidding, it's huh? So beautiful. Like, I mean, I thought the original game was pretty, right? And even like when it was like upresed on the PS4, you know, you had Bluepoint, right. who are a fantastic studio. Um, it looked nice, but it's it's so crazy how different this game looks. Like when you see a game that is actually de- developed from the ground up for PS4, it's so beautiful. It yeah, no really kidding. Huh? Just a lot more uh, detail. A lot more just. Just yeah, just like the just art a style and the on. environment, and and yeah. like I actually like I wasn't sure about her new kind of because she has like was it Moon, Lunar, and Jupiter, so she can like increase or decrease her her gravity. Um, what is a Sailor Moon? Yes, it's it's very Sailor Moony. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure about that at first, but like they're actually very interesting powers, and so it, that's fantastic game. I'm really excited for that. But that's Stranding. Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> Really? I am so I mean, I'm so not saying I'm not, but uh, really. So you, you go first. I mean, and I'm not like, I'm not a Kojima fan. I mean, I hate saying that because I'm not a Kojima anti-fan. Right. But I'm not like, oh my God, Kojima is the greatest. I got to follow all his games and stuff like that. <laughs> like, I haven't played Metal Gear Solid 3. I haven't played Metal Gear Solid 4. I haven't played Metal Gear Solid 5. Like, <laughs> MGS 2 is the last Metal Gear I played. Right. Um. And I loved early Metal Gears, but as that those games went on, he got crazier and crazier, which right. part of me loves, but I was just like, I just not gelling with this whole Metal Gear universe, but I do legitimately want to play Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, and, and I think 4 and probably 3 at some point. But I just like, this is, this is that crazy man who now gets to do what he wants instead of just regurgitating solid stake stories. That's the most interesting aspect. This is kind of like, uh, this is kind of to see what Kojima's got left in his system. This is to see what maybe he's had bottled up for a while because he was restricted to doing sequel after sequel. You know, is he really that good in a sense of, does he have another trick uh, in his bag? And and, and, I mean, to be fair, this is the man, like I, I loved Snatcher back in the day. Right, and he had police knots. Like I was, I think if he had not gotten, <coughs> no, actually, you know what? I think it's almost better in a way, in a weird way, that he got bogged down with Metal Gear because now, like, 
he is so ready and hungry to do something <laughs> different right that he's just gonna like blow people's minds i think well and it also needs to be noted that uh, norman reedus was uh seems to be the character that was you know the actor kojima is fulfilling um uh fangirls norman reedus male pregnancy fantasies <laughs> all over the world with this trailer which is really bizarre i don't know what's going on with that but the, the, the thing that got me, like, the thing that really got me, and I, it's just that scene where we see him from the back and there's, like, these five beings, like, floating in the air, like, that just got me. Like, that was the, that was the moment where I'm like, this is the best thing I'll see at E3. Because <laughs> it's just, like, I see that scene and there's so much I want to know about what's going on. Right. It's thought-provoking. As a trailer, it does its job by leaving an impression, having you think about it and not forget about it afterwards. It didn't, you know, it wasn't too long, but, you know, certainly not too long. There wasn't a whole lot to be shown, but it was definitely thought-provoking. And nobody expected him to have anything to show yet. Except me. You, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was going to say, we, we should have gone back and, like... Listen to our predictions because I bet you you were right and I was wrong. On that one I called, yeah. but yeah. but here's the deal. I'm not sitting here to brag and go, hey, look at how smart I am. My real reason for calling that and predicting it, honestly, it came down to money. So Sony picked him up. They gave him a few months. You figure he's been going around to all the studios. And if you think about it, look at the what they showed. I mean, what did they show? They showed a car- couple character models. Oh, no, yeah. They didn't so, the engine yet. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not sitting here like, oh, my, you know, I'm the only one that called this and, you know, bowed down to me. I just, it, it literally, it was business. You know, so he was hot. He was in everyone's mind. Sony picked him up, like, literally as soon as his contract was up that night. I figured they'd show something. Because here's the thing. It's, you know, it's in people's minds. And who the hell knows how long that's going to be before yeah. we get a real trailer and that thing comes out. You know? Yeah, but um, yeah, that you know that was cool to see. But it has me excited. Like it has me legitimately excited for what he's doing. And I, like I said, like I, I just I love the fact that he's going to get to go crazy and over the top and just make some completely off the rails game. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Hey, this is going to be a weird. Uh, plug in here but this and this is for you you mentioned snatcher are you going to be getting that indie game coming out in mid-august on ps4 that read only memories i am i'm i'm curious about it like it's been out on pc for a while but i I didn't know that yeah but i was waiting for like the ps4 ps vita version and there's actually another game called um valhalla have you seen that? Uh, I know the name. Um, maybe it was because of you talking about it. Yeah, it's another kind of like snatchery kind of game, but you're you're playing a bartender, and oh, so really? it's like this kind of of neo future Blade Runner esque world where you're a bartender and talking to all these characters and stuff. So huh. there's a couple of these games that I've been interested in, but I've been waiting for them to come out on the Vita because that's where I want to play them. Like I just got done playing um, Zero uh, Zero Time Dilemma, for example. Don't t- you're done already. Yeah, I had to play it for review. Wow. But, like, I just, I love playing those games on Vita for some reason. So, Did, um, I've been on Neo Gaff and I've been reading impressions and early reviews. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it, but your experience with Zero Time Dilemma, you uh, enjoyed it? Uh, 9.0 out of 10. Really? Yep. Wow. That's it's a great praise. game, but it's, um, 
for different reasons than normally, I'll say this is one of those games like you can't judge it in like its first hour because this isn't really a spoiler. I mean, unless you're like completely staying away from spoilers about any single tiny detail about the game. Um, but once you get past the beginning, then you're kind of seeing the stories of three different teams and you get like a selection of like, it's like five or six story pieces for each of those three teams, but they don't tell you what order or what timeline they're on. So you, so it, so like literally like once you get past the beginning, if you want to just see what the next thing in order of storyline is, you have no way of knowing. But so, all in all, as confusing as that sounds, when it's all said and done, it was enjoyable and it and it worked. Well, no, yeah. What's amazing is that's frustrating at first, and you're like, "How is this going to be a good story?" But they've somehow worked it so that no matter which order you go in, where you what you start first, what you do second, like the story evolves and unfolds, and you get little clues about this and that, and you find out <clears> things, and. Like, I think it would have been so easy for a different team to make this game and either have some of those chunks be super spoilery or just completely right. boring. Really? But, like, every chunk you play, like, gives you better insight into other things that are going on. Really? And it just, it totally works. And once, once, I said, once you're past that first hour and you're getting into it, then you come to more and more love that bizarre way of doing it. Now, are you somebody who also has experience going through 999 and Virtue's Last Reward? I never actually I, – I do own 999, but I never actually played it. Um, I did play Virtue's Last Reward. Okay, so this isn't so bad. So good, the good point here is, is that you felt that your experience with uh, Zero Time Dilemma was still uh, stellar without having had to have 100% complete. Yes, and I, and I will tell you, even if you've played the other games, you can go into this one and have no clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's one of those games where I feel like you have to have like a wiki next to you to really yeah, just, fully have right. understood what's happened along the path. Right. Yeah, I really like the visuals on this one from what I've seen, like the cell shading or they're like 3D character models, correct? Yeah, they look really nice. The animation a little <laughs> jankety, but um, the actual quality of the characters themselves is really good. Oh, well, awesome. At yeah, least on the fun. Vita. I, I would, if you have the choice absolutely positively place on vita because mm. if you look at the screenshots between the two there's a big quality difference mm. Mm. i would 100 percent go vita <laughs> over 3ds <laughs> I, I trust you i i was reading some differences on uh, neogaf last night but i was reading that character models were stronger on vita uh there were no jaggies uh, simultaneously, I heard there were more frame rate dips on the Vita versus the 3DS. 3DS character models had some jaggies. I'm going off memory, by the way. And yeah, the I don't. I mean, like, I don't slightly, know. It, there were some trade offs, but they felt the experience was. Oh, and they felt the uh, Vita one took a little bit more getting used to by using the rear touch panel versus the two screens on. Okay, I never, I never ever once used the rear touch panel. Real? Oh, real? Well. No. Um, I just, by the way, I sent you a link to look at some of the screenshots of, of back and forth. Um, I would say this is the kind of game that I would never worry about the frame rate on because really it's, it's like the frame rate is going to be for like cinema scenes, I guess. And that's really all, you know? Right. And like frame rate dips in that, I don't know that I care about at all. 
I don't know. Like, I, I never felt like I was having frame rate problems when playing it. Um, right. I think the, the weird thing, if you want to say about the touch stuff, was that I found trying to use the right analog stick to move the cursor around was just impossible. Um, because it just like it was too hard to get precise with it, mm-hmm. so I would go back and forth between using the buttons to advance story and then touching the touch screen to kind of uh, interact with the world. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Uh, so okay, I, 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 I seen that link. Like, so what do you think in terms of? The- well, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt, and that's about yeah. what I expect. Actually, yeah. you know what? Honestly, it wasn't as huge of a difference as I expected, but there's certainly some uh, uh, color palette differences, maybe some shading or lighting here and there. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, like going, you know, I don't think this is the best analogy because we're going from 2D to 3D here, but, you know, maybe like comparing a Genesis version to Super NES, which had maybe more color and better sound. You know, I I don't know if that's a stupid analogy, but, you know, there are certainly, there are differences that can be seen. You know. It definitely feels to me, to me like playing like the PS4 version versus the PS3 version of something. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But uh, I've also heard um, the menus and the layout and everything was seemed to have been better uh, designed than previous entries in the series. It was a lot more friendly and well laid out in terms of interface. Yeah. 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 Oh, good. So I really liked it. Hmm. I'll be waiting for your review next on Tokyo Mirage. No. It's been getting good reviews. I just, I, so we have a, a in-staff editor who's doing the review for us. Uh-huh. Um, or in-house editor. Uh, and every time I see her playing it, I'm just not interested at all in it. <laughs> and you think, like, it's it's Shimagami Tensei style RPG with, like, right. J-pop stars and stuff. I just. Don't care. I can't. It's shocking. I, I. It's so shocking every time I hear you say that. Uh, they were saying the formula, like they felt it was eighty-five percent SMT and fifteen percent Fire Emblem. It definitely feels way more SMT than Fire Emblem. Yeah. Hmm. I thought. See, I thought you'd even give it a shot, and I haven't done all the homework on this, but doesn't it even have licensed tracks from J-pop? Like, I don't know how the hell they got that over here. I don't know. Well, unless they changed it or took vocals out. I mean, I, I don't know because I haven't popped my copy in yet. Yeah. But I, I, I want to say it was Avex or they – I mean, they got a name that even I recognize out of hmm. Japan to do this, some of the stuff on here. Uh, and that is Japanese voice with English subtitle. That's the only way on this version. And that ain't for fans. That's out of being cheap. Oh. Trust me. <laughs> that ain't a thing for fans. <laughs> I just like <laughs> this. Reminds me of of the whole Xeno uh, Xenoblade Chronicles on uh-huh. Wii. <laughs> it was like the system has almost no games, and yet we're not going to make an effort mm. on the few games we could be bringing you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, so so Sony's conference, awesome. Like I I thought it was a great show. It was ten short. out of ten. It was short though. I'm kidding. Like, uh- <laughs> Like an hour, like usually it's like at least an hour and a half. Um, yeah, la- last year it seemed like it went on forever. By the way, I was lying about the 10 out of 10. Uh, I didn't feel yeah. anyone had a 10 out of 10 this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I wanted like, here's the next big firmware update, what's going to come in it. Uh, wanted, we're, never, we're never getting that. We're never, ever. I wanted like, here's PS1 games get, on your PS4. Yeah. We're never, you know, I we're never like getting something. that. No, we're never getting that. Um, 
What do you think of the rumor that keeps persisting that the PS4 Neo could still come out this year as early as September? Oh, yeah. I, I think it'll be this year. Oh, my God. I, I think, you know, it's... Um, oh, by the way, let me say, if you were right on Kojima, I was totally right on who would reveal their systems and who wouldn't. Because <laughs> I said Sony wouldn't and Xbox would, and that's what happened. But... No, you know, what? It's 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 the iPhone thing, right? You, okay. okay, let's say let's play along. Let's say PS4 hits September. Here yep. comes PS4 Neo. There's going to be a blurb I, I don't know September, on the blog. Here's going to be a blog blurb one day on the PlayStation blog, and get your. It's going to be like Sega Saturn. Get your PS4 Neo tonight. No. Okay, <laughs> so it's here. It comes like the Saturn, only available at GameStop. Oh Lord. What What do you think price? You think three ninety nine, or you think uh, less? Four ninety nine. Oh, get lost! What's 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 the current price right now? Sony's still sticking in there at around three fifty ish. I've seen Xbox deals as low as two eighty, and I've seen specials. Even I think less. I think Xbox is, is I think Microsoft's paying people now to take an Xbox One. It's great. I tell you what, I, honestly, and Microsoft's not paying me. If I was someone that still wasn't able to get to the next generation yet and I really didn't have the funds, you know what I mean? If I wasn't blessed to have a little bit of extra money for gaming and whatnot, and I'm like, and let's say I wanted, I have to play Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, you know, some of your big, you know, those big ones, and I'm like, I'm really strapped on money, but I just want to play a few of those games when they hit, that, you know, like, let's say Halo or something, whatever. It's really tough to, even though they're going to have a new version, it's really tough to pass up. I saw an Xbox One Elite bundle with that expensive controller and one game, and I want to say it was under two eighty. Yeah, no, there's been some crazy bundles. I mean, that's that's a t- you know what I mean. Like if someone's real tight and they want to get into this next generation, and let you know, and let's say you're not buying every damn game that comes out, and you just want a handful of games to last you the next few years. I mean, that's tough to. You know what the most pathetic thing about that is? Hmm. Is that you can get an Xbox One Elite bundle with at least one, if not two games, cheaper than a Wii U. Yep. I cannot believe the price of Wii U still at. You can st- you can get an Xbox One where at the very least, even though they're getting out sold two to one, you're at least going to get the bulk if not all of the next generation experiences right now over okay. the Wii U for less. I'm looking right now X- on Amazon.com, Xbox One, the one terabyte version. You get uh, Gears of War Ultimate Edition, Rare Replay, and Ori in the Blind Forest for two ninety six fifty. That's not, That's crazy. Yep. So, okay, so the best I can figure is the PS4 dropped in by $50 in price, um, last October. Okay. So, the question is, does Sony do a second $50 price drop a year later? <clears throat> if they do, then I could maybe see Neo being three ninety nine or four fifty nine. Do you think Sony will... Do you think Sony will keep both the standard PS4 and Neo on shelves? Absolutely. Hundred percent, you... yes. Uh, so, is it safe to say for someone if they don't have a PS4 yet, and once again, let's say their cash is tight, 
it wouldn't be stupid of them to buy a standard PS4? I, I think, like, yeah, it's totally different between PlayStation and Xbox. I think on the PlayStation side, if everything we know about the Neo is correct, I don't think there's any reason to feel bad about getting the current PS4. Mm. I mean, that's that's not bad. That's good. I mean, if that thing goes down to, like, 299 or something like that, that's... That's not bad, speaking of the standard PS4, you But, I mean, you know? standard PS4 has to drop to 299 <clears throat> That would be three years later. Three years three years for a $100 price drop actually isn't that crazy. So I think they could do that. No, so, yeah. So if they, uh, if they uh, do that by this fall, then I think Neo could be 399 and I, I think with the hardware they're putting into it, maybe it won't be that costly where they, they could do that. But uh, I, I just, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like there's a four at the beginning of the price. But a what? A four. Like 429, 449. Mm. I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. But um, how, okay, how do you think this year? How do you think, let's say, I'm going to push the envelope a bit. Let's say Xbox One. Let's say there's a bunch of deals for what they've got on the market. Let's say they're at 250, and let's say Sony's. You know, let's say you got a cheaper Xbox One. You got PS4, PS4 Neo, and VR. Who do you think? <clears throat> do you think Xbox has a chance of staying steady or outselling Sony based on price this year? I think or- the good thing about Xbox is that, um, and I mean this. This this probably will be way less of a deal than I'm giving it credit for, um, but the Xbox One S is yes. is going to be a 4K Blu-ray player. Yes, and it will be one of the cheapest players that are out there, and so that could be a very attractive thing for people who just want a player. But also the question is, how many people are there out there who really care about 4K Blu-ray? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, do you? How about in your circle? You figure you're right in the mix there at EGM, okay? You've got some Nobody. hardcore. Yeah. I know your question. Like, who, yeah. has, who has 4K TV? Who's, who's set up for that? Nobody. Do you know anybody? I know the TV in our office, I believe, is 4K. I think that's the, the only 4K TV so I So, of your about. circle of friends, coworkers, the people in yeah. your life that you interact with? Nobody. Mm. Nobody. So, okay, so Xbox. So... I believe that on this last show, I said they would announce it at E3 because they want to build hype. Right. Even though it might kill sales for a while. Right. And I was right on that, but it's still mind-boggling to me that they announced Xbox Scorpio a year and a half before it's coming out. Yes. My guess from afar is that was more of a move... To either one, just be honest with the consumer so there's not as much backlash for when it hits and they're like, oh my God, why is Microsoft doing this? And secondly, I think it was more of a thing from business to business kind of sticking that up Sony. But let me – okay, let me ask you this, Anthony. Let's say you have no console and you're going out with your money and you're looking at do I buy a PS4 or an Xbox One and you know – what Microsoft has said about Scorpio. How do you justify buying an Xbox One? 
If, okay, um, uh, in, in my scenario, okay, I'm going to be honest. In my scenario right now, let's say, okay, I, let's say I haven't bought a new system yet, and we're right now we're you know present day, and I'm not dirt poor. I'm assuming so. I'm not as poor as the last example I gave, where getting a Xbox One for two and a half is a great deal just to get in this generation. If I haven't jumped in yet, and Final Fantasy 15's hitting this year, Last Guardian's hitting this year, um. And even though I am a graphics and tech whore, but I can't buy everything, Let's that's the rule. I can only get one. I would probably wait and see what the PS4 Neo is offering in the fall because if I'm only going to make one jump but I don't want to wait a year and a half and I don't want to be the lowest common denominator, odds are, unless the price is really stupid, I'd probably do a PS4 Neo. Yeah, I guess I just like the way I see it is if if I know what I know about Neo and Scorpio, I feel like I can be okay owning a regular PS4 and not a Neo because the Neo won't be that big of a jump. Well, that's just me not knowing it. That's right. just me. Like if I'm only if I get one shot this generation and I I don't want to wait for Scorpio even though it may be stronger and I don't have anything yet and then I know that's going to come in a few months and I want to treat myself. And I can't treat myself to Scorpio yet. I probably do the Neo, right? But I guess like I'm just thinking that uh, unless the only way I don't do the Neo is if the only advantage is for 4K stuff, and maybe in V. Okay, if it's only for 4K and VR, and it doesn't even improve frame rates on standard titles, like let's say the frame rate aspect is out of it and doesn't speed up any of the standard stuff, and it's strictly for VR and 4K, then I would do a regular PS4. Yeah, I guess. I just think I think of it like the way like um, the current rumors going around about the iPhone Seven, for example, right? Are that typically Apple every two years makes a big leap right. in, in technology on their phones? Right. But everybody's saying now that this iPhone Seven isn't going to be that. It's going <laughs> right. to be the same current enclosure. Probably not going to have a headphone jack because they're dumb. Um, right. Might have a better camera, a few things here or there. But I, I read these these rumors and I'm like, eh, I could probably skip that. I could feel okay. Just getting the current model instead of that, instead of waiting for that new model. But I hear like Scorpio, and I can't think of a way to justify buying an Xbox One now because I don't know what Scorpio is. It sounds way more powerful. It'll (laughs) it'll play all the Xbox One games. I don't know if my Xbox One will play all Scorpio games, and it's coming out next holiday but I'm not, why do i not wait uh, yeah i'm not going to i don't disagree with that theory theory the only excuse and i always go back to this like i always bring it back to the customers or if i'm being a salesman the only other angle i can say is and i've said this before and i'm stealing this i have to give credit to neil i always remember this from like 15 16 years ago back in the dreamcast days People would come in, and we were selling the Dreamcast for. I think they came at. They launched at one ninety nine. Is that correct, uh, Molly? Um, Something like that. I think so. And then the Hollywood Video had the ones without the modem in the black cases from summer ninety nine. I think we were selling them as low as a hundred bucks because it didn't have the modem. It was crazy, right? And sometimes there would be people who would complain a little bit like, oh, you know, I don't know. Like, 
the game they got they went through too quickly or they didn't you know they weren't using the dreamcast enough that summer whatever the hell the excuse was and i always remember what neil said he would go to them look you spent a hundred bucks on the dreamcast or let's yeah and let's say maybe you got a game for 30 to 50 bucks so you spent 150 bucks when you go to the movie or like how much do you spend at the theater with popcorn or drink realistically like let's say it's 20 you know 20 to 25 bucks an outing on the movie okay Mm -hmm. so that's like five or six movies let's say six six movies a movie's two hours six times two is 12 that's 12 hours worth of entertainment and content brings you up to 150 dollars total with your dreamcast did you get more than 12 hours of entertainment oh yeah so that's so bringing this back to this topic of the Xbox and how can you justify getting it, I'm with you. Because you know that cat coming out of the bag in 18 months, it's a tough sell. But if you wanted it right now and you wanted to justify it, it'd be like, well, for 250 bucks over the next 18 months. So what's uh, – let's see here. 250 divided by 18. Will you get more than – 14 bucks worth a month out of your xbox oh yeah i mean yes i mean that's uh, look I, I get it mentally i'm not saying that's the but that's that's one way to look at it will you get 15 bucks worth that's four eight twelve five bucks a week out of your xbox of entertainment you know what i mean right i mean that's one way that's the best way i can justify something like that you know what i mean yeah i i mm, i just like I think I really think they've killed sales for the, at least the last I, at least and next I'm not, year. And I'm not disputing that. I I agree. I think it was a, a I think that move has that effect, but I also think a little bit of it was a little bit of uh, a peeing contest with Sony. Now the funny thing is with the peeing contest and showing their might and. Sony versus Microsoft, you know, suit to suit, that's all well and good. But, you know, sometimes when you get that close to something internally, like at the office, like, hey, these guys are doing this. We're going to beat these guys. We're a better team. We're going to come out with a more powerful system. You know, when you look back at the picture from afar from the average consumer, is any of this really necessary right now? Because you've got Sony with an install base of over 40 million, Microsoft at 20. Uh, We're three years in. You know, the while the economy is improving, it's not the greatest. We do know Apple has kind of changed a little bit of that trend in the smartphone market and with upgrades on iPads uh, and the phones and then even the droid market. But that aside, you know, some, what is that saying? Sometimes when, you know, uh, what is it? When you're, uh, when you're in the forest, you know, you only see the, you know, what you the trees are in front of the trees. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So is that, that could be going on too. Yeah, no, and and I mean, I think Microsoft, for all the good they do with their systems and and stuff, I think they've also had a really really bad um, problem of buying into their own hype. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw that with the Xbox One's reveal. You know, they really thought that's what people wanted. <laughs> right. Right. Um. <sighs> I, I it's I think it's the it's the it's the iPhone thing. You know, I really think we're being pushed towards every three years you get an upgraded system. And what you've already got moves on to it and you can get it or you can stay with the previous model, but 
once a model after that comes out, your that previous model is not going to be functional anymore. Right. And I, I don't, I don't completely hate it, and I'm scared of, for myself of thinking that. But yeah, I um, mm. I just think I I think this has if if I killed I'll, sales for Xbox One. I'm play I'll play corporate suit again, and I've got the power. Uh, if it was up to me, uh, pers- I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't make that move. I always I love going back. This is probably my one trick pony. But you know, when someone else zigs, you zag. And if the opposition was looking to power out and powerhouse out, and I know sales were low, you know what I would do if the company could afford it? Hmm. I- I'd lower the price again on mine. This also puts people in a weird place because if if Sony's in trouble and the Xbox One or I'm sorry, Xbox Scorpio, whatever it is, is is gaining ground, then we're not going to be too far off from the point that Sony could just pull the trigger on a PS5. <laughs> right? So then it becomes this like... Because up till now, it's mostly been consoles, new consoles come out within about a year of each other. Mm-hmm. You know? But we're in a danger of getting to this point where it's like every three years we're having a major console revision of one of the players. Well, you know, it's funny. If let's say Scorpio comes out in 17 and then Sony jumps a year later, that's, you know, between 13 and 18 year-wise, that's five years. Yeah. But I feel like um, if that were to happen, I mean, this generation, like... It hasn't been bad, but like you and I have talked about this at length. Like, there has been a lot of stuff available, and there's still more than, than enough games to keep us busy. But the first 18 months, at the very least, was dependent on remasters and rehash. I mean, aside from Bloodborne and now Uncharted 4, I mean, you really haven't. I mean, Sony has been very fortunate. They really haven't had a ton of exclusives quite like this year they Last Guardian's a big one, but that's been around that's been in development for a decade. You know what I mean? And Titanfall two, but that's third party. They're finally getting a Titanfall game. The new one's gonna have single player. I mean, they have got some big guns coming out, but in terms of pure one hundred percent exclusives, Horizons first quarter, I'm assuming Days Gone won't be this year. No. Who knows if Crash Bandicoot collections even this year? I mean, I'm just throwing names out there. So, okay, in terms of 100% exclusive titles for Sony this year, Molly, what do they have aside from Last Guardian and Gran Turismo Sport? Gravity Rush 2? That's not this year. Oh, yeah, it is. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. No, it's this year. Get. Yes, it's this year. You're going to make me look this up while you're talking to me. I, I bet you it is. I'm going to say no. Um... No way. Yeah, I don't know what else they have this year. Let's see. No, it's it's like it's the, funny. Gra- now this is filler. This is a bullcrap date. Okay. But the place the placeholder date is December twenty seventeen. Of this year? Well, not no next year. Nah, it's it's this year. Yeah. 
I think it's. I'm, tra- I'll, 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 I'm trying to think what I can bet you on the air here. Something reasonable. <laughs> I'll bet you a comic book or something. I say Gravity Rush two, not not, not this year. I'll bet you like a comic right. or something. No way. I bet you this year. Hmm. But because, aside I mean, isn't, from- that what, isn't that what they said when when they announced both of the games was that. No. As a matter of fact, I as a matter of fact, one of the questions I had for you this evening, but you already answered it. I was going to ask if you'd played Gravity Rush Two or if it was mm. even there playable because I didn't think I it wasn't this year. I bet you this year. I mm. don't think it is. Um, but no, it's it's really funny to me because there's people online who are like, "Oh my god, it just was good to new consoles," and like you just said, like I feel like it took us a year and a half to even get these consoles like yeah, started. We, yeah, they. I mean, literally, they're just. Here, I'm looking at another one. Let's take Gravity Rush out of the uh, equation. A lot of people are hyped about the new Spider-Man. That's not this year. No. Yeah. No. I mean, what do we got? And then did, did, I don't think Detroit's this year either. No, I don't think so either. I'm looking that up right now as I'm talking to you. I'm, I mean, I don't think it's a date yet, but I'm I'm pretty certain that's not this year. Okay, so um, – Horizon, no way, it's zero. No, no, that's February twenty eighth. I think that's an official date. But it's I mean, you, you have small, smaller games like uh, Tomorrow Children, which I think it's going to be coming out this year. <laughs> how far are you? Di- how how deep are you digging? I'm looking at a list. How de- no, I know. I'm not. I mean, how far do you have to dig? For- I mean, okay, okay. I, I, <laughs> no Man's Sky. I, it's not a hundred percent exclusive, okay. but okay. I think everybody's seeing that as being an exclusive <laughs> game. I'll give you that one. That's yes. eight nine. I think that's as of right now. It hasn't gotten bumped again. It's eight. No, nine. it's you know it's it's really funny because there's this we- Sony's in this weird position where they're actually releasing first party games, but then you stop to think about it and you're like, I can't think of anything they have. <laughs> like whereas on the other hand, Xbox now Xbox is like you can think about the first party games because you're always the exact same. Thing. That's the problem. So xbox has a handful of exclusives but i'm not bra- this is nothing to really brag about because it's the same three or four you always see yeah it's like oh okay this is the hey, this is the this is the gears of war year halo Next. gears forza and i would have said fable but then they just they got rid of fable i mean it's halo gears forza and you uh i was coming one more there's like one more thing in there, uh, right there well it's not their exclusive but they got dead rising again this yeah year. One no year not exclusive. that i mean like yeah. there's i feel like there's one more like up there just Going back to the well over and over and over again. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, they, they literally now like because <laughs> they can't release Forza every year, so now they have two brands of Forza. Yeah, they rotate like Call of Duty. Like, they got oh Horizon, God, and then they've got the main man. canon. Um. Oh, so what I want to say is, and I've taken a lot of flack from Microsoft fans for this on Twitter, but I think I'm saying this right now. I think there's no way Scorpio does 4K gaming. And I, I want to be clear, that doesn't mean it can't do games in 4K. Because somebody's going to show me, like, um, oh, what's a great example of a game that, like, could do, like, chess. So it'd be like a 4K chess game, right? They're like, oh, there's a 4K chess game. You're saying they can't do a full-blown Call I'm of Duty. I'm saying the games we want to be in 4K, there's no way they're going to be in 4K. And I need to clarify a little more. Are you now? Are you saying that Neo will do 4K gaming? No, or, God. Okay, no. because I'm assuming one of the things they said with Scorpio was that one of the deals is they said it would do 4K yes, gaming. Yes, but mm. I'm I'm saying right now it's going to upscale games to 4K. It's not going to do 4K games natively 95 percent of the time mm. because you look at like the current consoles 
and we can't even right. They're we can't doing even hit 1080p. Yeah, like yeah. 60. Let alone we can't always hit 1080p 30. Right. The current Xbox rarely gets 1080p. Right. Nowhere near 60 frames for those. It games. averages like 900p or something yes. like that. Yeah. Like, and everybody's all of a sudden convinced that we're going to have 4K games. Like, do you understand how much resolution 4K gaming actually is? No, I get it. I mean, it's almost the same thing like when you had the transition from older generation when it went to uh, HD. You know, from what, 480 or whatever to 1080, and that was the first leap, and then building upon that for higher frame rates you know the big thing from last generation is they were trying to get 30 and now they can do 60 but now we know that's not true because as you and you've said this before because each generation what like if you took you know if you took kill zone 2 from playstation 2 era and you said look you're only working with those assets essentially and all you got to do is bump the resolution and get the structure of that game to run sure. in a full 60 oh yeah sure. you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna run silky smooth but when you take the developers, uh, you know, ideas and vision, and with what the new playground they have to work with, they want to push that envelope. So that just compounds things, and you're multiplying everything. So it you keep, it keeps it taxes the the system. And I mean, last gen was a gen where we started getting HD gaming, right? So that was like 720p generation. Right. This generation was supposed to be 1080p generation. Right. You know, 1080p. I there's no reason this generation should not have been 1080p at a minimal locked 30 frames a second for every game, but we're not close to that. So people are now expecting that the generation after this is going to do f- native 4K. <laughs> like, yeah, I see. No way. I see what you're saying by the statement. I think it might be fair to say maybe a bit, bit better than chess, but you're going to get that that uh, exception like your God of War or Metal Gear Solid 4 you're going to get that gem or two that really does the full 4K in the right hands with the right tools but no, that's no, no, no 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 I'm, I'm saying like you'll have like Castle Crashers in 4K sure but I'm saying like, like I'm talking like for that. the big sure not going to be any big games that are 4K well or or if there are it's going to take a while I, I still say there won't be wow be- because I, because you look at like what developers do, and they constantly do this. Constantly do this <laughs> is they will push the visuals, push right. the AI, push the amount of characters on screen, push things like that at the expense of resolution, at the expense of frame rate. Right. Because they have to have these games that are that are more and more like bombastic and impressive and things like that. Let, let me ask you this before we even get back into the consoles. Uh. It's almost like what putting the carriage before the horse. When do you think the average consumer is going to go out and actually get a 4K TV? And that's a question too. Yeah, it is is like I because, mean shit, you know. Because yeah, yeah, like I mean like how much effort do you put into really making 4K games when like I'm not even in the mood to think I'm not even in the mood to think about that right now. You know what I mean? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I'm not even – and I learned my lesson because uh, as you know, when it comes to gaming, like and people that know me, they're like, oh, I, you know, I'm very impatient and I don't want to wait. And I'm usually one of the first adopters. But I'm going to tell you this. And, and prices have already come down. I dare say – now, I'll, I'll be stupid when it comes to video games because that's my vice. 
I mean, I'm going to be an idiot and I'll buy games day one still. I'll get certain consoles day one. I'm not going to say I'm not going to do that. But when it comes to televisions, I dare say I will never make the mistake I made in 2005 when I jumped the gun and got an HDTV, a 32-inch Samsung, and pay what I paid for that. I will never do that again. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, like it, it's funny because now I think about the fact that I – and this was never supposed to happen, but I ended up using a coupon at, at Kmart to get my TV, and I got my – I had a 32-inch Sony that was like $700, like heavily discounted, you know. Um, but even like – not even that, just like the standards. It took so long for like HD standards to get worked out, and, right. and it was easy to buy the TV you thought was HD but actually wasn't. And then for a long time, there was like 720p sets and 1080p sets. You know, um, and you know those dumb statements where we're like, "Oh, they'll never be able to do better than 1080i," right? Shit like that. It's like back in the day in the PC era when they said that I think they locked the 386 DX or something. They said they'd never be able to surpass that CPU. What a load of horseshit! But so, like, I think it's like it's just it's kind of terrifying for consumers to like buy TVs at this point. Yeah, could you imagine if you're someone that's not into this crap? Yeah, and and I think that you know you heard the argument about. Um, people can't tell HD from regular, like SD, you know, what? standard definition. Wait a minute. I'm no, wait, that, was, that was what they've been arguing <laughs> around for a while. Because, like, you'd have, like, your parents, right, who had, <laughs> like, an HDTV, but they were watching the SD channels and didn't realize it. And they're like, oh, this HD is pretty. And, like, this isn't even HD. Oh. But, like, so how many people at this point can le- legitimately say they can tell the difference between, like, ultra... 4K HD and, and regular HD. Hey, I gotta ask: when you go into like a Best Buy or whatever, like an enter, you know an entertainment place, and they've got all the TV set up, and I'm sure you've got a nice setup at home, and I've got a decent setup, you know, like you know, we, you and I are running stuff 1080p. We got Blu-rays and all that. You know, we can tell the difference. But don't you sometimes feel like when you walk into the showroom or in the store, it's probably the same damn thing you've got at home, but it just for some reason it always looks a bit more vibrant. Well, yeah, because they or, have that uh, that that they they legitimately have a in-store setting right to make it look like that where like it blows all the colors <laughs> up and, and stuff right um right. but no like it's like i mean when we got ours like it, it was really months of us going out and looking at tvs and trying to do research and trying to figure out like which tv would make the most sense and then you also have like what is the the input lag so is this be good for gaming and right you know it's just like it's a headache do, do you know how much I paid for my first HDMI cable I got when I got my Samsung? Oh, God. I spent over 100 bucks. Oh, my God. I spent over 100 bucks on my first HDMI, and my first HDTV was approximately $1,400. Jeez. I mean, for 1400 bucks right now, you can get a 60 to 70-inch top-thin TV. You know what I mean? I mean, it's uh, – I'll, I'll never make that mistake again. But, I mean, think about all the people that, like – Spent all that money on 3D televisions, and now what are they doing with them? You know, so like it's it's a mess, and I do not expect most people to have a 4K TV anytime soon. Right. Um, okay, so Xbox. I I think the rest of this, their show was okay. Like I just I'll. It's like I I want to like them. I, I like the console. I legitimately do, but I just I feel like I'm not the person that Microsoft is. Um, like advertising to or going after in all their games. Uh, I I am totally interested in Dead Rising Four. I am super happy Frank's back because I think he's the 
the part of the game that you need to have there. And like I think the other characters have been completely boring. Um, we Happy Few, we'd actually seen that previously to E3, so we were already excited for it. I think that looks really interesting. Which one? I, I missed it. What, what uh, the, the one uh, We Happy Few. Okay, I, okay, I don't recall that. That was okay. the one where like it's kind of like in England, and it's a really weird like 1984 vibe, and people are like kept smiling all the time. Mm, and mm. then there's a there's a pinata that you're that you're hitting the stick. <laughs> and it's actually okay. like a real animal. Okay. Um, <laughs> sea of Thieves looks 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 really neat. You know, so there was like some neat stuff, but I don't know. Like I I didn't feel much excitement from the overall press conference. And then the Scorpio thing, like. It's bothered me because people have been like, oh, they were really transparent in this announcement. I'm like, I don't think they really were. Like, there were some really confusing parts. Like, are, are Scorpio games fully backward compatible with the Xbox One? Is this an Xbox One? Is it a brand new console? That's true because they said it was Project Scorpio. Right. Mm. So, I don't know. Like, it was an okay show. But there was, like, very little that I was, like, super... Well, the problem, the problem to you was... So much of this stuff got leaked, which I feel really bad. About. That's true. Yeah, I, I don't. That's that's a whole different animal. Uh, as for the show itself, it's not going to take me long to go over it. For, real quick for Sony, if I had to put a number on it, for just for comparison's sake, excluding the E3s of the '90s, which a couple of those I probably give tens for modern day stuff, I would give last year's Sony E3 conference as damn close to a ten, if not a ten, as you can get for the modern era. To use that as a, a scale. For this year for Sony, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to say they were at about an 8. For Microsoft, I'm going to give them a 6. Now, I'm going to explain that 6. It's not as bad. It's not a mighty number 9. 6, I would give mighty (laughs) number 9 about a (laughs) 3. This 6 for Microsoft is actually kind of a decent one in that Microsoft... um, I don't feel they didn't try to kill themselves like they re, you know they didn't put the effort in Sony did this year but at the same time Microsoft didn't really like they played it safe they played it super safe they, they played it safe they could have done worse I felt they tried to be as honest as they could and they're still working up that hill from 2013 now with that being said I feel they have the potential to have a much bigger E3 next year with Scorpio and showcasing some more stuff. So, for example, if they wanted to play like a Sony card, like if they're like, okay, like we're going to pick a year, we're going to show some more of our guns, and when we really want to have a knockout E3, I think they need to do that next year. So, I felt they were safe. They didn't really fumble. They were predictable. But at the same time, they didn't do anything, you know, like 2013. So I just feel I, like I do you not. Know, I just feel like I feel like they can't do the Sony thing because what are they going to bring out? It's a big surprise. Like as I, much I, as, I, as like, look, I love State of Decay. State of Decay. I'm looking forward to the second game. I'm looking forward to Dead Rising Two stuff like that. Those aren't like. I mean, like you look at the difference between like Dead Rising Two reveal, for example, and then like. PS4 Spider-Man. Like, PS4 Spider-Man is a crazy reveal. They had people actually talking later on. You know, Death Stranding, crazy reveal. Resident Evil 4, crazy reveal. Like, I just... Like, what is Xbox's reveal? Like, what can they do? Because at this point, 
and this this goes back to just how how poorly you know they're they're again they're TNA they can't make new stars like where are the new Xbox stars <laughs> like when when Sony's revealing stuff like think back to like the Last of Us being revealed you know or the the new God of War like you're doing things like wow I never would have expected this I I feel like okay guess what next year at E3 they're gonna reveal a new Halo right like that's not gonna surprise me at all or they're gonna show like I don't even know if it'd be time then for a new four they're probably not but well main well, like, like probably four to seven like they're probably four like four yeah. bikes now or something you know um, and I just I feel like everything they're gonna reveal is either smaller stuff like Sea of Thieves which that's awesome game but that can't capture the the excitement you know, like what are they going to announce? It's going to like be a death stranding. Okay, am I am, am are you, okay? Are you uh, promoting me right now to Microsoft president? Sure. Okay, so I'm I'm the president now. So I run Microsoft, and my job is, uh, you know, with my my 30 years of gaming knowledge. Okay, you're you're in the driver's seat, and here you go. Here's our checkbook. And with the exception of depleting all of our funds, you you can pretty much write the checks you want. And utilize your gaming knowledge to to give us a knockout show. So I'd go out in the field. I'd start kissing more indie developers' asses, which they're starting to do. But I'd do a better job job of it. I'd probably take a couple trips over to Japan, schmooze with them. Um, you know, you got to think a little bit Western. And I, with that checkbook, one of the things I'd bring over, um, I'd bring over Star Citizen. I'd bring over Star Citizen from uh, PC. Hmm. Um, I'd have some discussions with um, uh, what was the one I was thinking of? Oh, okay. This is going to be ridiculous, and this probably wouldn't happen because going multi console would be uh, it, it's just it's profit. It's it's basic numbers. But I've got the checkbook, and I would do the math, and even and I know this would, this is going to piss people off. But remember, I'm the president, right? And I've got a job to do. I try to get at least a temporary exclusive, or somehow. Pull off getting uh, Red Dead Two. Yeah, I mean that would be on the list. Um, people people like to see stuff come from the past that they thought was dead. Uh, let's say I couldn't do that. This would be kind of silly because at one time it was supposed to be Sony exclusive and it could be in the dump. What if you did something weird and had Rockstar come out and they resurrected Agent from Microsoft? Mm. Yeah. I- I'm just throwing like. The thing is, if you put me in that position, I look at it this way, and I hate to make it all about money, but money talks. Um, you know, maybe do some sort of a campaign and discuss the differences, you know, versus the East and West and how the East is a little bit behind. Maybe have some new program in place with some top tier developers and maybe educating them or bringing them up to the standards of the West with their Eastern ideas. I mean, there's, there's cards to play. I mean, that's what I would do if, uh, if I was in Microsoft shoes. So I think it's anything is possible. If you put your thinking cap on, you can, because this is how I look at some things in life. It's like, okay, Sony has done the unthinkable. Like, they did FF7 last year. They did Shenmue. Like, these are things, it's like, how do you, how do you top it, right? You, you don't have an answer right now, but at the same time, you got to tell yourself, well, is this the end of the line? Like, is this where it ends? Or are I like, are we completely out of options? Does that, does that mean when E3 comes next year, because Sony did a 10 last year, does that mean we all we all throw in the uh, throw in the ball and go home because there's nothing left to do? Well, of course not, because 
the the future is always going to be there and the show there's no downtime there's no off season right so i mean there's a way for microsoft to do it now if i'm going back over to sony i think for them right now because they're riding the wave of success and they have the install base while that's while they can't ride that wave forever without making change or making advancement i still think they have time left on that um position and i keep saying this so i'd go back to gaming 101 just for i'm not saying forever i'd start lowering prices i'd start doing more deals uh you know just getting some more great games out there keep doing the great uh customer interaction with their fans maybe make a little bit more progress on their uh software updates for the system or interface i'd keep schmoozing the sony consumer because right now they're on a high and I think you can attest to this. It's kind of interesting because back in the early 2000s when Sony was on top before they kind of faltered a bit with the early days of PS3, like when you go to E3 or whatever, Sony was kind of standoffish, snobbish, kind of like, you know, yep. like when you were at their booth, it's kind of like we're better than you and we're doing you a favor by being here. That attitude really changed during the PS3 era when they got their ass kicked for the first time since, you know, since they entered uh out of the 16-bit era. So that's the thing to do with Microsoft. So I think there's a chance. Could they have a knockout show next year? Sure. I think, though, that, like, they just have, like, you like talking about gut instinct or just kind of, like, whatever. I think they just have really bad bets on what games to get behind. Because, like, for example, they put all the work into getting Rise of the Tomb Raider, you know, a year exclusive. That was a cluster. Did anybody care like that anybody care (laughs) i think a lot of people not so much microsoft a lot of the flack for that square got beat up well no square too because i mean like i mean because on square side they were helping to kill the resurrection of the tomb raider that was a bad that was more that was probably more of a bad move for square themselves than for microsoft even though microsoft didn't get what they should have gotten out of that yeah but that was like always going to be just like an eh, okay that's an interesting game right this year as much as i'm maybe excited by it dead rising 4 is the same thing like sure how many i agree people at the end of the day are going to care i agree you look on the other side of sony you look at like a no man's sky right tiny studio smaller game but they made a fantastic pick in a game that could end up being something really big. I just feel like Microsoft's instincts for what to back just have been terrible in terms of in terms of like picking stuff. And I think like right now I I was thinking about it while you were talking and the only game I can think of that would be this fantastically huge announcement if they had a free 3. <clears throat> Is I think Minecraft Two, yeah, uh, Minecraft Two, per, uh, completely spaced on that. Another thing, while it wouldn't have been unique, this hit me as well. Something that I did expect to get announced this year. Actually, I would have thought it would have multi-platform or Microsoft exclusive. I'm surprised we didn't see Hearthstone coming to console. Yeah, the, I, I, the, I, I, I can maybe. It's that. a little thing. It's not yeah. a huge thing, but I'm saying it's like that. But yeah, uh, Minecraft Two, and they could still play that card. But you're right. Now here's the thing with Minecraft Two, and if let's say you're in the uh, you're in my presidential cabinet, 
do you make Minecraft 2 multi-platform just to capitalize on all the users to get all that money in, or do you make it exclusive on Xbox? Well, here's... And, and I don't know if you saw this recently, but... And somebody might write in and tell me I, I didn't see the follow-up or I'm wrong on it, but... Microsoft was recently talking about the things that were underperforming in their mind. Yeah, I can't believe you told me this. I can't believe and it. And they listed Minecraft as one of those things. How? And you look like... I, I can't even remember like when Microsoft, I mean, when Minecraft started coming out on platforms as a retail release, but every single month it has existed in stores, Minecraft has been on the top 10 list of sales for, for North America. Every single month it has existed. That game came out, I want to, I wanna, let's see, let's see, Minecraft. I want to know when it came out on Xbox 360, I think that was the first physical release. Um, it's got to be over five years ago. No, well, not quite, but but close. Uh, so that was May 9th of 2012. Okay, so, so about four. Over, over four. F- over four years, Minecraft every single month has been on the top 10 software sales chart. And they still considered to be a disappointment compared to what they're expecting from what they paid. So the reason I say that is because if they are thinking that about this current Minecraft... There's no way they can make the next Minecraft exclusive. They can't. Because if they're saying right. it's on every console, it's the best-selling game like ever created, I think. <laughs> I think like maybe Tetris still. I don't know if Tetris still right. has that record. But it has to be within the top five best-selling games of all time. And it's that's not good enough for them currently. What did they pay again for it? It can't be as bad as what they just shelled out for. Was it $4 billion? Well... Well, they just, did 20, they just did 26 for LinkedIn. Yeah. I think for $26 billion right now, they could buy the United Kingdom. No, I'm sorry, $2.5 Oh, that's not – yeah. You can still buy the UK for that. Yeah, <laughs> at this point, yes. Um, no, I like I, – I don't know how I, – I don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, like, like Disney paid $4 billion for Lucasfilm, and they're already, like – <laughs> excited about the money that's brought in like i don't know how you're not excited by how much this game is selling every month but but so i i don't think i don't think it can be uh ex- platform exclusive hmm. um since we we're running out of time uh ea's conference terrible, terrible. I, I i missed that one the terrible. only thing i was interested <laughs> it's like like <sighs> the, the the two things people most wanted to know about would be Ma- the new Mass Effect. Yeah, Andromeda. And then Star Wars games, right? And both of those were, let's show you behind the scenes footage of people at desks making this game. <laughs> and there was literally maybe like five seconds, <clears throat> seven seconds of gameplay for Mass Effect. It was horrible. Um, the new visceral Star Wars game from Amy, Amy Hennig, like, Two seconds of footage. Is that the one that was on Naughty Dog? Uh, yeah, yeah, she was wow. in Naughty Dog for wow. two seconds of footage for that. Um, they were having the event simultaneously in Los Angeles and London, and they were coming back and forth between the two to show you how much disastrous I think this was. Uh, they cut to London and Peter Moore in London to reveal the new Madden stuff. Mm. The the London side of the show. <laughs> the non-American side of the show was the one that revealed and talked about uh, the American football. Mm. 
it was fantastic, amazingly fantastic. I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's I didn't see. I did. See, I did watch that. Was there like? Uh, I mean, I know like Prey. Prey was big. Uh, is it Dishonored two? Dishonored two. So, like a, a Skyrim remake, I think. He, yeah. He, here's the deal. I have nothing really. I have nothing negative to say about the Bethesda show. Really, for no. real. Prey looked awesome. Dishonored two looked awesome for what it was. Open world, sandbox, ton of stuff, great visuals, another time suck, but therein lies the problem for someone like me. Now, last year I did some stuff that was uncharacteristic of me, and I bought Fallout. Uh, I gave GTA Five a shot a couple years ago. I'm not, a, I'm not really a sandbox person. I gave these games a shot because I needed to get with the times. I need to know what I'm talking about at least a little bit. Now, not knocking those games. They're great experiences. They're, they're. I respect what they they are set out to do and what they accomplish. The thing is, is that I won't be getting Dishonored or Prey because I think they're bad or don't think they look up to snuff. It's just that these games are like a whole lifetime. Like, yeah. If now, if you're someone waiting for that one, bit, you're a Bethesda fan and like you just buy their stuff and you go through their stuff. By all means, get ready for this holiday season. But if you're someone that buys even at least just a couple other games, or like even if you just got like Overwatch, uh, let's say you pick up like a Call of whatever, something else this year, and then a Bethesda game, and you've already got Fallout last year, they still have some more DLC coming out for that. Uh, you know, they just put out Doom, which is obviously is not open world. But it's like, do you, like, are there people that are completing all of this? <laughs> I mean, there's, it's a. No, are, I, I mean, are, are there people working yeah. normal, regular jobs that have even a little bit more of a life than I do that are accomplishing all this? It's it's so – it's just – again, it's so funny that like – think back to when you were a kid and you're like, you know, we want more games. And now like you could buy like one or two games a year and just be set for that entire it's cr- year. It's crazy. Like I'm still – I keep saying this. I'm, I, I started Dragon Age Inquisition in like 2015. 14. 14. <laughs> Christmas of 2014. Right. Still not done with it. Still have plenty to do in it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I, if I was not playing games for work, I, I could probably play at most like, like eight to 10 games the entire year and just, just not do them. I mean, not even like, I mean, that much sometimes, you know? No, four to six. Yeah. If, yeah. And then, like you said, there's, what is it? It's the, uh, the, is it Skyrim? Skyrim, uh, let me look at my notes because there's people screaming. Uh, yeah. Skyrim Remastered. Uh, coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on October 28th. Yep. Uh, Praise coming in 2017. Uh, Dishonored 2, November 11th. Wow. So that means, could you imagine Dishonored uh, 2 in November and Skyrim late October? That's that's cr- That's a month apart on those two. And then we're forgetting, while I think this might have only been announced for PC right now, I don't know how you and I didn't put two and two together because it went Wolfenstein, right? They mm-hmm. they brought that back to life. Then they did Doom, and right? Now, yeah. And now they got Quake. Yeah. Uh, although I don't know if some people caught this. Uh, and uh, No, I'm not this smart. I didn't catch this myself. I saw it online. When they started the conference, they had like an old school computer screen like typing up information. And then it showed like the names, the prompts for each respect, you know, respective title that was shown in the uh, showcase. Well, keen eyes caught 
that one of the lines in there was the name for a new Wolfenstein. Mm. So it's it's believed that there is another Wolfenstein coming, but that was the only tease people got. The Quake Quake Arena, I don't know how to feel about because they're they're going the route of the characters. Right, right. Kind of like uh, the Unreal Tournament or whatever uh, kind of. Yeah. Well, no, no. Unreal Tournament don't really have characters back in the day, but more of like the, like how everybody now has to have like preset characters, special abilities, and weapon sets and stuff. Oh. And, and like that to me, like that's not never what Quake was about. Quake was right. always about the characters all the same abilities. You can have the exact same weapon loadouts, and just who is the most skilled. Right. So I don't know. Like I just don't like that idea. You're talking like the whole Overwatch thing, except for yeah. Overwatch. It works because it's Overwatch. Yeah. 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 Quake's not Overwatch, and Overwatch isn't Quake. No, it's unless like you're playing Farrah. It's supposed to be Quake. Well, yes. <laughs> Well, I, I always say actually Junkrat too is a little bit quakey because he can do the kind of um, he can bounce his grenades to to shoot him up and hit himself up in the air, do the whole rocket jump thing. Right. Um, Ubisoft was okay. That one I I'm not well versed on because I missed a chunk of it and I was sad because the only reason I usually check out Ubisoft is for Aisha Tyler, which I. I think she's a totally fine host. Like, I think she's fine. I, I think I think occasion. It's 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 rough because I respect her way more than most of the other hosts we've had over the years for E three stuff. But I think she also, because of the setting, she has to try a little bit harder. You know, and right at some of the joke stuff, and I think that she's doing that with game developers who are nowhere near qualified to like bounce things back at her. You know. Right. Off top of their head. Right. Um, it was a long show. A very long show. Division stuff. Like, I, I legitimately need to get back to Division because I do like that. Um, but more Division content. We knew about that. The new Ghost Recon Wildlands. It it feels just so Ghost Recon-y to me. I don't know. Because we, we've had, you know, last couple years... We've had Rainbow Six Siege, which felt very different and very unique. We have Division, which is the same thing. This just feels total generic Tom Clancy stuff to me. Well, and speaking of Ubisoft, and I'm looking at the list here, there's a game that has to be mentioned for a close friend of mine, one that he's losing sleep over. Is, South- he, is he losing oh, is he losing steep over it? <laughs> I guess not. South Park, the fractured butthole. No, the fractured butthole. <laughs> but be very careful how you say it. It's not butthole. Of course, that's the joke, but it is not butthole. Uh, butthole. Do you ever wonder in in the SJW politically correct era, and South Park has been on for over two decades, are you just shocked that they're able to get away with what they're able to get away with? In an era where we can't even get, like, if the camera angle goes up at the wrong angle... Uh, on an anime girl in a game, it, it's got to be reworked, and then South Park is just doing stuff that I can't even say on air. I, no, I, I am kind of surprised because it's funny because there was on a message from my mom. There was a thread recently about like we could never have married with children in 2016, right? You know, and like showing some of the jokes and and they're just fantastic. But yeah, you're sitting there watching like South Park is like kill this, and so I don't I don't know how South Park survives. It's like borderline. Am I? I mean, am I out of line? Like almost X at time. Like 
the 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 racial jokes, the inappropriateness. Uh, I, I I think how they get away everything. with it is the fact that there's just there's enough intelligence there that it's not completely easy to attack them. You know, because I think a lot of other stuff like. It's it's low level enough that it gives people a lot of ammunition, but right. I think South Park, like I know, oh my god, like when they were showing this stuff off, I know at least a few game outlets were freaking out about like PC principle. Oh uh, yeah, and I'm yeah, I'm not a South Park enthusiast, but uh, but I do know who you're talking about. And I've seen a few episodes. Is PC principle in the game? Yeah, <laughs> I think so, and and. It's like I don't know, you know, the the direction I come from is is like you have to be able to laugh at yourself and you have to know right. when you know what it's just a joke and and get over it. Right. Um but yeah, like I'm It's insane, but you know you get where I'm coming from. It's oh, like no, anyone yeah. else putting that game out? I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. Mm. I think it's just at this part like South Park is almost untouchable, you know. Right. Whereas almost anything else just just wouldn't be. And I think if you pre-ordered, if I'm not mistaken, I think you get the original. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I do know that they are finally allowing female characters oh. for your creative character. And I think what they said, and I think there's also been people who have been upset about this, is that your character – this is going off of what I believe I read – so your character will be treated differently depending on if they're a boy or a girl. In South Park? Yes. <laughs> because, I mean, like, the obvious... And again, you, like, you, you can't get mad at that because that's reality. That's how kids work, you know? Like, remember back when you were a kid? <clears throat> boys and girls were apart. That's the way it worked. Um, <laughs> so I think the idea is the fact that, like, they're gonna, there's going to be different reactions to you about, like, why a girl has gotten into their group. Versus if you're a boy, which would make right. sense, right. you know, with the rest of these boys. So <laughs> that's actually a really neat option, I think, is if they do have that and there, is, there actually is a different dynamic depending on which, which gender you are. Right. Well, on December 6th, we'll all be able to find out. Yep. So, uh, so but uh, yeah, as you were saying, there's uh, the division. I'm um, looking down this list here. Eagle Fight VR. I don't know yeah. what the hell that uh, is. It's, it's, yeah, I don't care. Star Trek Bridge Crew. Which people are excited to buy, but I don't care about Star Trek, so I cannot care about this game either. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, uh, For Honor. That looks, I don't know what to think about that. Like, I really don't know. I, I don't know if it looks interesting or not. Uh, there's another one here. I'm just regurgitating here. Grow Up. Yeah, which is a sequel to Grow Home, which was an <laughs> indie title from, I think, last year, maybe, or year before. That actually got to be uh, pretty popular. So, there's another one here: Trails of the Blood Dragon. Trials. What is that? Trials of oh, the Blood Dragon. By, oh, so I'm, okay. Okay. So this Whoops. is um, the oh, motorcycle. They got a misspell here. This is really weird because this is the motorcycle game Trials. Oh, it is mixed with uh, the the Far Cry Three Blood Dragon spinoff. Oh my god! Oh, they got a typo on here. No kidding. So it's a really weird like. You're on a motorcycle doing tricks, but then you're also shooting people and fighting bosses and stuff. Oh, wait. This is available now. Yes, it is out now. I'm going to have to check that out. It looks really crazy. Wow. 
Uh, and then it's you know it's Watch Dogs. Are you looking forward to Watch Dogs? <sighs> another open world. Another uh, we need another one of those. I like, especially. I mean, I especially Ubisoft. Just stop with the open world games, please. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, I just can't. Do you think it's going to? You think it's going to bomb? I don't know. It's going to bomb. Um, there's been. I know there's been some people upset about the main character, and. I am a little bit too, but for different reasons. And this this might be racist, or it might not. I don't know if it is, but um, so just original- don't repeat what was don't just don't repeat what was on the Steam comment section. So as long as it's not that, <laughs> you should be safe. I hope. So the original game had this kind of like older, like I feel like kind of crazier loner white guy, right? And when he was going around, like, stealing cars and shooting people, like, I had no problem with that. But the the protagonist in this one is, like, a young, I guess I was going to say teenager, maybe not teenager, but I would say either teenager or college age, kind of, like, black kid. And I just, I don't think it's because he's black. I think it's just because he's this kind of, he's the kind of person that I feel like should be solving every problem um, with his brains, you know, like with his hacking skills and stuff like that. But but then, like, you get into the points, and I know that this come out and said that you can you can beat the entire game without killing people, and that's great. But you still have like stun guns, and he has like melee weapons, and he can beat people up and shoot people and steal cars. And I just I I think it's like because it's a younger character. Like I feel like it would be so much more interesting having that that character subverting the genre and doing things in a different way, like not stealing cars, like having it's his own car, you know, or or solving everything without violence. Like I just, and I know like you can't do that because it's a video game, mm-hmm. but it just playing it really bothered me. To see this character, I'm like, I don't want to see this character shooting people. I don't want to see him beating people up. I want to see him solving all these problems. Like there was this, there was a scene I played where there's like, you're there's this uh, big high rise condo, and um, there's like, I don't know if it's like a senator or a congressman or somebody at, that this in the in this condo, and a bunch of security guards and and everything. And this, like, kid, the main character, he breaks in, he infiltrates, and then he, he, if you want to or need to, you can just take out everybody at the party. And it just, like, it felt <laughs> right. like such a disconnect to me to, like, what I would expect. He should have gone in and been totally stealthy and just hacked stuff. Um, and then, you know, I mean, like, and just him getting in there in the first place felt weird. So I don't know. And this is my problem, and I totally admit to that. But I just don't like that character falling into the traditional video game main character kind of tropes. Mm, like, I mm. really want him to be doing things a different way. Mm, I, I, you know, I don't think I really have any valuable insight to this. You know, you know what it is? It's kind of like, it's kind of like um, the Tomb Raider reboot, right? Like, I wanted, I wanted her... To not just break down and shoot everybody. They, yeah, like they had the ability to really take it in a new direction, a clean slate of sorts to rebuild the character, and then they're still falling back on 
Right. Just like just a solution to everything is just shoot people. Hmm. And there was a game. uh, There was a game I was playing at E3. God, I can't remember what it was, but somebody was talking about the fact of like how stealthy I was being. And then it just got to a point where I was like, you know what? It's going to be way easier for me just to shoot everybody. Just to blow them away. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of, I know they're video games and they have to be video games, but I kind of hate that, you know? Like, I just, I hate the, it makes the most sense for me just to kill everybody because that's going to be the easier route for me to take. Right. Hmm. Well, I mean, look, I, you make some valid points and I understand where you're coming from in regards to what's been shown and I can see all of that from a distance but as for Watch Dogs 2 and owning it firsthand or having any interest I gotta tell you I, I will never find out the answer to any of these <laughs> things because that thing is just right off my radar you know what I'm getting sick of I'm getting sick of these open world games where they're like Okay, you've got a map. Open your map of the world. And you open it, and there's like a hundred little icons on it already, <laughs> you know? And it's like the same, like, four mission types, like, over and over. And I over. mean, it's. And how do, like, how do oh we put my this? God. That's kind of the trade off. Like, I'm not dis. Like. And I have to tell you, and I've kissed this game's butt in the past. Grand Theft Auto, for what it is, does what it does really well because it does offer a lot of variety, and there's a lot of different things you can do in that game. Okay. I also think too, like when you're saying that, but, I think I think Grand Theft Auto makes sense for that because you are people living in that world, so you're not going to be. Because I was I was legitimately thinking about this the other day and how Grand Theft Auto, like those people, would not be expected to just be out shooting people and stealing cars and whatever else like 24 hours a day, right? You know, so so it makes sense that your life could be. Okay, I got a mission to do, but now I'm going to get into a car and go to a store and buy clothing and stuff like that. Whereas in other games, like it just it breaks the narrative so much. It's like they're putting that in there because they've seen another game do it, or they feel it's a filler. Yeah, and they don't. It doesn't have the same amount of thought. Like, does it really work in that world or environment, or you know, or are they just doing that because it's it's another bullet point? Like, um, like, like, like these games that will be like, okay, now here's your new list of forty collectibles for you to find in the environment. You know, and then you, and then like you know, they find a different list. Okay, here's now your your new eighty four collectibles to find in the environment. It's but that's like, the trade off, right? God. Because if you get if you get a game that's arguably is what they would like to say more linear or enclosed, you know, with some reviewers or you know people in the in the gaming world, they see that it's like, oh, well, you know, this doesn't have as much. You don't have as much freedom, or it's a lot of it's mental. I think too, because it's like with RPGs, like. Some RPGs could last 100, 120 hours due to the amount of grinding you have to do versus another RPG that may push you forward and accelerate you and you don't have to do that as much and you might end up with 30 to 40 hours. But the one that's 120 versus the 40, are you really doing that many different experiences or do you just like the fact that you're a time killer, you know, and you can say you clocked over 100 hours? Getting back to the open world games, it's the trade-off is that you have all of this, quote, freedom, but... There's only so many things you can do or that they've taken the time to do development-wise to, to make you eat up that time. Like It kind of tricks you. So you know what? I would I would argue, and I'm not saying every game can be this, but um, Dark Souls was what I would be considered – what I would consider to be an, ulti- an open-world game. I spent 115 hours in it when I beat it the first time. 
and I never once had that feeling. I never once had that exhaustion of, I've now got, you know, another 30 icons on this map to clear out by doing dumb little side quests. Well, that's good. Now, let me ask you this, because I know you're more of the Dark Souls expert. Do you feel that's one of the few titles that does that, like, and does that right? Like, do you feel it kind of stands on its own? Or do you feel that way about the game because you're just passionate about it and you like, you have no, to like I, the I, art? Think, no, I think Dark Souls, I mean, the reason I became passionate about Dark Souls was because it legitimately did so many things that gaming could learn from. But at the same time, like, you can't, like, I'm not saying you can do that in, like, a Watch Dogs or Mm. a Grand Theft Auto, but maybe you could do it in an Assassin's Creed, you know? Um, I don't, I, I just, I just feel like sometimes, like, the thrill of making an open world gets in the way of what would make the best story, you know, what would make the best experience, what would be best for players to go through? Like, again, I, another example, in a weird way, you go back to, like, Jet Set Radio, especially Jet Set Radio Future. That was a very open-world game. Right. But it never had that just kind of exhaustion. <laughs> well, and I can make arguments for why that may be. Everything from the unique visuals of the time, the type of game, and... You know, I think it's very important in games. You know, the soundtrack can get you going. And if you've got a good soundtrack, you can kind of lose track of what you're doing in time if it, you know, if it uh, gels well with the game itself. So, I mean, there's a lot of great things going on with that to to give you those feelings. Yeah. You know? And then finally, I think just to just done Ubisoft, they had Steep. Is it, is it called Steep? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Extreme too. Sports. I, have, I yeah. don't care. I don't care. Like, I, pre- I pre-ordered two copies. I, I, know, I know you did. But it's so funny because like, the, the trailer you watch and they're like, oh, this is heart pumping and exhilarating and adrenaline rush. And it's like, no, it's not because it's a video game. You know, all things you're showing me are like real life things that would be exciting in real life, but I don't care in this. I want like SSX, like proper old school SSX. Like just right. give me that again. You know, like give me like the fun snowboarding games skiing games whatever well let's do this as generic video game podcast episode 17 post e3 thoughts comes to a close we have one final piece to give our thoughts on uh last certainly not least we talked about it at the top of the show which was approaching two hours and 40 minutes ago uh what are your thoughts on zelda breath of the wild I don't want to say because my answer is I don't care. <laughs> I, 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 like, I loved Zelda in 2D. I just have never connected with it in 3D. I don't know. I, I'm, it's weird. This is a weird game because it feels. Did you not, play it? Did you get to play it? No, I'm no. Not, okay, no. okay. But just to me from what I've seen. You know, we're talking about, like, open-world games, stuff like that. It feels like it's trying to be way more Western. Right. And that's not... If anything's going to be back into Zelda, that's not, I think, what I want. Hmm. But it could... That could be what I want. I... I <sighs> what do you think of the look? It's interesting. It, it, it legitimately is. Like, it looks kind of neat. Um, I like the art style. I think... It's going to come down to, do I want an NX or not? Like, my interest in Zelda 
completely hinges on my interest in the NX. If I if I want that console, then I'll probably get Zelda and give it a play. What do you think of the logo being reminiscent of a Studio Ghibli? It was super, super, super like that. Which, you know what? I would have kind of loved to have this game be Studio Ghibli art style. That could have been really interesting. Or like a, a crossover with Studio Ghibli and Nintendo. That could have been amazing. Now, I don't want to share the haterade with you because I think I think Zelda for what it was at first glance. I think it's a beautiful looking title. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've, I don't know the exact figures, but I know it's the largest map for Zelda, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, I dare say it's seamless amongst area. You can go wherever you want on an aside games love saying that even though between you and I you know that's not always I mean in my mind if you can go anywhere you want you just run over to the boss kill it and end the game but no like yeah they said that you can like literally just like run to the end boss and kill it did it did they that's why I thought I heard wow okay so I'm making that up but you know what I mean I'm I'm being a little bit facetious here but um so I think it looks beautiful it's getting a lot of awards uh, you know, I'm not Zelda's number one fan, but I respect the series, and I'm always interested to see what they do from a tech perspective and what Nintendo has up their sleeve in terms of innovation and what they do with that series, right? I, it's awesome. The hater rate I'm going to spew is when you look at it, as clever as it is and smart as it looks, like because you figure it's going to run on Wii U as well. And, and you know I've said this in the past, this to be true, that due to Nintendo's work with their art direction on games like, uh, whether it be... Super Mario, uh, 3D, uh, uh, 3D World, uh, Splatoon, uh, you know, even Smash Brothers on the Wii U console. They have a beautiful. They're able to do something with their art, with their art on that system because it's certainly not the most powerful system, but they can still get some beautiful results. And this new Zelda is no exception at all. Coming this, you know, long into the system's life, but. The haterade part is, do you also feel, if we're going to compare it, westernizing this, and bring, comparing it to your GTAs and your Dishonoreds in terms of content and sandbox, don't you also feel a lot of what they show, no pun intended, you know, they're calling it an open air genre, no joke. Don't you feel it's kind of just that though, and it's like there's a lot to traverse a lot to go through and it's open but is there a lot there that's always my question yeah you know what i mean and i'm not trying to be for what it is and for zelda like the look fits like i'm not saying it's not the proper choice but like when you look at i hate to keep bringing it up when you look at grand theft auto 5 that is a rustling bustling city loaded it's too much you know what I mean? Like, it's overwhelming. Now, from what I've seen of Zelda, and they've showed different environments and different sections, which looks awesome for Wii U. I mean, it looks beautiful. It's open range, grass fields, mountain. I'm going to I'm gonna say something, not about this game, but one of the warning hosts, Casey, in the past, you know, he can be a tough critic. And... A couple years ago when the Final Fantasy 15 demo first came out, and I've said my opinion, I'll say it again, I thought the character models looked great, and I thought the game looked really good. I, I really do. But there are some people with a lot harsher opinion, and some people feel 
that some of the backgrounds and assets you can tell have been lifted from PS3 and then they've built upon that, right? But one of the things that Casey said about Final Fantasy XV was is while it's more open world and open-ended, he said something to the effect of, but is there really anything to do? Right. And does this new Zelda Breath of the Wild, while pretty, does this fall into the same category? I mean, it's certainly got, I don't want to use the word fooled. It's got people fooled. I mean, it's getting game of the show. The lines were extraordinary. Probably the longest lines at E3. I even have seen people, uh, literally, I won't name names. I know people that work for Astro and Sony firsthand. No joke. And I've even seen these people who usually keep quiet about the competition falling in love with the new Zelda. But at the end of the day, when it's a finished product and it comes home, the real question to be answered is, is this a true open world title where you've got a ton of stuff to do like in The Witcher 3? Yeah, I, uh, yes, and that's 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 I was gonna say, and this does connect to it. Um, it's my fear of are they just kind of jumping onto the like bandwagon that's gotten popular in the West? Because that's the last thing I want Nintendo to do is ever do anything just because it's like you know what every other company is doing. Um, yeah, it's 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 every single open world game that comes out, I'm gonna have the same concern with like, what am I doing? And, oh, my God, if I have a map with icons on it for Zelda, like, that's the end. That's just the, the end of it. I. And here's the thing, not to stretch this out. If they showed a little bit of that and there were a ton of different things to do, while I know that's not what you're looking for, I'd kind of be like, okay, they are really competing here. with You know what I'm trying to say? Like, they are really trying to do the sandbox genre with a ton of different things. But when you look at it, and I, I watched that trailer a couple times, uh, actually earlier today, and I saw a little bit of fights, battle scenes and stuff, but like I didn't see anything that was like, I, like, I don't remember Link going into a town, conversing with a ton of people, and I'm not saying it's not going to be in the game. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't see him doing a bunch of si- like mini games. I didn't see him doing like, si- like I, I'm making this stuff out my butt. I didn't see him like hang gliding through the mountains or, you know what I mean? Or doing something Mm -hmm. that he would do in that world. I didn't see any of that. I saw big space. I saw beautiful environments that were, you know, were the wilderness, but I didn't see a ton of activity going on, at least on what they showed. I think it's, you know, it's, it's almost kind of the problem I have with Xbox stuff is I don't, I don't want more Zelda. Give me, give me Metroid. You know, <laughs> give me Metroid. I'm sorry, and not and not that Prime Federation Force or whatever yes. the hell it is oh coming out. God, I hate that so much. Yeah, you're not you're not looking forward to that. It's just, I I know, but but it's like yeah, we it's like we have to have. We have to have a Zelda on every platform. We have to have a Mario on every platform. We have to have a. A Mario Kart in every platform. We have to have one of these in every platform. <laughs> those in every platform. We have to have an Animal Crossing. Well, we didn't get Animal Crossing for Wii U. Technically. We got this the dumb like I, board game. You have. Oh, and we got that. Uh, do you remember that little download with? Uh, well, I don't know what it was called. I don't even think it's up anymore. You know what I'm talking about? It was on Wii U. You downloaded it, and there was all the characters around the tree or whatever the hell it was. Oh no. no. Yeah, I actually, I, I, yeah, yeah, I can't remember what it was yeah. called right now. But so yeah. it's it's just yeah. like. That's why, again, and I know I'm just going to be Sony fan in everybody's <laughs> mind, 
<laughs> but like I like you know the thing I like about Sony is they will allow their studios to do other things. Like if you if if you look back at Naughty Dog, for example, right? They were what started off as like the Crash Bandicoot team. Mm-hmm. And then they got past that generation and they're like, all right, Naughty Dog, do something completely different. Right. And they did. And they got the PS3 and like, all right, Naughty Dog, do something different. And at the point of after Uncharted 3, they could have been like, we need an Uncharted 4, you know, because Microsoft definitely would have done that. And they're like, all right, just make The Last of Us, you know? And like, I feel like every studio that Sony has, like, they're allowed to do new things. And, and there's I, good and bad to that. I, I yes. totally respect that. And from a gamer's perspective, that's what people like you and I want. That's what we we want: a diversified, you know, something different. We're not getting Metal Gear like you know, twenty years in a row. But at the same time, from a business perspective, because of that, the interesting thing is, is while Sony has been able to rebuild that catalog after everything got stolen away after PS2 era when Microsoft was knocking off that third-party checklist. The trade-off is that as weak as Nintendo is right now with an install base and as much trouble as they're having to find themselves again, their characters, I still feel like, I'm going to bring this old example back, the perfect example, the contrast. You look at the Smash Brothers roster and you look at the PlayStation All-Stars roster and that's kind of the tale right there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, it's not, and I'm not saying that the Sony games are bad or I... I just got done saying The Last of Us, one of the greatest game-playing experiences. I'll say it again. But you just look. It's all—it's like that Disney factor or Pixar that Nintendo has. The trouble they're having right now is the hardware and, and just getting it in people's hands. But, you know, even though we're getting 87 million Mario Karts, which gets old. And, I like, Splatoon was awesome because it was finally a new franchise. And Nintendo doesn't take that chance, especially right now, because they're, they don't have that install base. But Splatoon was awesome and it sold really well. The thing is with Sony, like God of War, that's a big that's a big ass title, right? I mean, these days when you look at your Call of Duties, Grand Theft Autos, and all that stuff, <clears throat> with the budgets they have, they want to sell between ten and fifteen million, right? Which is mm-hmm. which is absolutely insanity. How many do you think that new God of War is going to sell? I, I say that new God of War. It'd be lucky if it sold above five. You think so? Uh, yeah. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that because I'm a hater. I'm saying that because I just, like, I, you know what? I'm curious. I wonder how many Uncharted 4 sold. It's, it's, I think it's done pretty good. I'm curious. Like, I think the bigger question is how, what did, so, um, before the game's PS4 remaster, the Last of Us sold uh, past seven million sales. Okay, that's that's excellent. God of War is definitely going to sell more than The Last of Us. Do you think so? Oh yeah. I mean, unless unless there's a gigantic backlash among the God of War fan base about the new direction for the game, I think this mm. has to sell more than Last of Us. Hmm. But that's, in my opinion, and that's Last one- of Us Remastered sold one point five million units on day one. That's not bad. No. You know? 
But like I said, I I'll have to look at that later. But these aren't like ten and fifteen. You know what I mean? That's the thing with a lot of Sony's first party stuff. Um, Uncharted Four's first week surpassed two point seven million. Okay, that, that's that's only first week, though. Right. But you see, I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative, but you see what I'm saying. Sure. Like the, they're, they're, that's the one thing with Sony. You get you get a little, more, a little bit more of that diversified. I hate to use this corporate term, portfolio, but their stuff doesn't. You know what I mean? No, and I think I think that's like. Well, I don't know. I'm curious to see like how the numbers are declining, but I think that would be the argument that Microsoft would make on the Xbox side is. You know wh- why make these these weird games that people may or may not like when we can? Make That's a new, the thing that sucks, right? New Halo, we can From, make a new Gears. You of got War. it. You got it. From a gamer's perspective, it sucks because we we just got done saying you get the same three or four titles, and it's a double edged sword. That's part of the reason why Microsoft does it because they figure it's a shoe in for a certain amount, and they won't do something unless a gun is absolutely to their head. You but know? Then you get the you get the part where you know you're bringing back Vince McMahon television <laughs> to get your ratings back up, and you realize how much of a uh, old man who has lost his mind he is 70 yeah don't get me started please <laughs> they just keep plucking all the guys that I watch internationally they just keep plucking them and plucking them and plucking them and I can't blame the guys because it's all about money and make you know before they their bodies break down but man but well I'm glad we uh, we got everything out I think we got all the big uh, highlights out of E3 done here on GBGP17 I want to thank the fans for hanging in there if you are still listening we got close to the three-hour mark here. Uh, thank you once again for all of the iTunes subscriptions, downloading us off radio.morningproject.com. I want to thank Molly once again for always taking the time. It's always a pleasure. I always love hearing of all of the trips, uh, the latest going-ons from all the shows. Uh, let, let, let me, uh, for our listeners, let me know if you want us on SoundCloud. So I was thinking oh. about that, but it would actually cost us money to be on there. Oh. So I want to know, like, if anybody out there, you know, you can uh, send me a tweet or email or, or whatever, or comment on radio.morningproject.com, you can comment on this on this uh, podcast. But yeah, let me know if you want us on SoundCloud or not. Sure. So check that out. There's a SoundCloud question. Give us some feedback. And lastly, I don't know if we still have an email, but you can either tweet us or leave a comment in the comment section on radio.morningproject.com. Maybe we'll try and do uh, if we get a couple good questions for fan mail. I will. You know what? We we should do fan mail um, by next show. I, I I feel like we do have an email address, but maybe it wasn't working or it was getting spammed or something like that. So um, by next we do gvgp at morningproject.com. Look at that. All right. So I will make sure to actually check it. So if anybody wants to send us an email. We will actually read some emails next episode. So that's gvgp at morningproject.com. And it's in the show notes for every episode. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. And until next time, enjoy the start of your summer. And we'll be back soon. Oh.
She's done. 